0: told me he shit his pants and he needs me to clean him up so I go plan a marathon of some great episodes we watch them now Mason loves the show no he's alright Macy's alright they're just watching Family Guy it's Peter and Lois and the funny talking baby, baby. gets farted on That's Mae Griffin daughter of Peter you stupid fucking moron Now I had heard that Seth McFarlane almost died in 9-11 That is true he missed his flight at Logan No, he's alright Macy's alright Just watching Family Guy It's Peter and Lois And the funny talking baby Baby Babies on TV. The only one who I can think of is our friend Stewie G. Then Mason taps me on the shoulder, reminds me his diaper's full. I say I'll clean it after I get my fucking Peter filled. No, he's all right. Macy's all right. It's watching Family Guy, it's me. is no, alright and Macy's alright, they're just watching Family Guy. And Noah's alright and Mason's alright, they're just watching Family Guy. And Noah's alright and Mason's alright, they're just watching Family Guy. Andientoa's alright, and Mason's alright They're just watching Family Guy And Noah's alright, and Mason's alright They're just watching Family Guy And Noah's alright, and Mason's alright They're just watching Family Guy And Noah's alright, and Noah's <laughs> alright And Mason's alright <laughs> Ooh. Fuck! Ooh. Fuck! Ooh. Fuck, man! We're just watching Family Guy. We're Can just you watching someone?
1: Family Guy. Holy shit, dude! Um, speechless yet again. You're in a real hot streak with these songs, and it's also—I I do think that you sweat like you were sweating to the oldies on that one, brother. Like you—you you look exhausted. Drink some water, refresh, replenish. Get some H2O gutting happening there.
0: So you guys are good to do this. I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave leave the meeting. You guys are good All right, to go cool. over. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh my god. That is that that's a weird band. <laughs> Cheap is, trick? Yeah, they're a weird band to me. I used to another have another manager. No, you go. No, you go. Okay.
1: No, so they're from Rockford, Illinois. Uh that's a uh, shit ass about- place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shit ass place.
1: Yes. Did you drive through that on your big old trip?
0: No, because I was coming from Milwaukee, so I was not going that direction.
1: Right. So there would be no reason for you to get over to Rockford. Um. But the manager of their of their band, if I remember correctly, it had a uh, a small chain of kind of like dine in Alamo Drafthouse style theaters, uh, in the Chicago suburbs. One of which was Hollywood Boulevard, which is very close to where I grew up. Uh, and the food was not great, and the tickets were very expensive, and the chairs were like swivelly office chairs but they would have celebrities come through they had the weasley twins come through pretty sure tom felton came through Clist- christopher lloyd came through i almost said clit clit
0: lloyd let's go my man christopher lloyd let's fucking yeah. go i know it's on your fucking yeah. brain right now baby let's go <laughs> let's get some clit in the chat hold on i got to get I- the fucking air horn up <laughs> Clitstuffer Loi is in the building. Fuck, bro. Oh, uh,
1: man. All to get to the point that you're right. Cheap Trick is a really weird band, but they're so good. They wrote some really fucking good rock and roll tunes. Um, That's all I got to say about that. I listen to a lot of cr- Cheap Trick in, on just like uh, uh, in my iPod growing up and on classic rock radio driving around back when I was a youngin.
0: All right, can I say my thing now? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I had this book that was like an encyclopedia of rock and roll, or just like rock, mm-hmm. maybe not rock and roll, of rock. I had an encyclopedia mm-hmm. of rock. And they had that mm-hmm. famous photo of Rick Nielsen with like the six-neck guitar. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and I always thought that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, Yeah. Why? well, you don't need that many necks. And I showed my dad that photo, and he was like, I don't like them very much. I think they suck. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I wasn't really asking you about that, sir. But, you know, teach their own, I guess. So that's it. Welcome to What's On The List. This is a podcast about underrated uh, albums, movies. Most of today is going to be devoted to talking about Red Robin. Uh, I am, of course, the (laughs) funny-talking baby. Noah Marger, Um. with me as always. The Shitty Whoa. Pants Boy himself, Mason McGuire. What's yes. up, Shitty Pants Boy?
1: <laughs> yep, Sleepy <laughs> Shitty Pants, Joe Biden.
0: Who? Hold on, not not for nothing. <laughs> Give it up for my man Joe once again. Two weeks in a row for farting in front of the Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla.
1: Yes, two weeks in a row. We have to. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> I would be remiss if we let this leave the the cultural consciousness that old joe himself did do a little farting in front of the Duchess of cornwall camilla a little Um, farting
0: my man she said she couldn't stop thinking about it it was that big that must either be the biggest fart or one of the worst smelling farts of all time if you're a royal if you're royalty and joe biden walks up to you well you say that but i also
1: think that if I also think that if you're royalty, not a lot of people are farting in front of you. They are, like, trying to keep it together so that, you you know, they can keep up appearances. Um, so I, I don't think that she has, like, the kind of fart experience that the layperson would have. You know, because you just smell farts just being on the train, going to Best Buy, doing whatever. That's true. You know, yeah. and you, like, it would take a lot for me to be like, that was a really bad like really notable smelling fart But I think that if you're like the Duchess of Cornwall okay. You know uh, You're in your gilded mansion uh, You're wearing your fancy You're getting your dresses picked out for you And, and put on you every single day by your, your Helpers or whatever You don't get exposed to an awful lot of Farts I don't even think you would fart Honestly I think that they would be feeding you something And the the, the cooks and the chefs would be Feeding you something so that your your guts don't Don't let that stuff out Maybe like maybe it was just a, your average everyday kind of fart, but just the fact that she hadn't been exposed to one in a while really made it notable. That is my i'm a i'm a Joe Biden fart truther on this one. Is what I'm trying to
0: say. All right, well, that was way too much, <laughs> way too much analysis for what is ultimately just the funniest thing that's ever happened in American history, which is just one of the stupidest guys, <laughs> just <laughs> ripping ass in front of fucking the Duchess of Cornwall. Um, we do have to get to talking about Red Robin, so I'm going to introduce the guests today once and for all. Guests. And that's right. that's right. You did not mishear me. We got two guests. We got plural guests today, and I'm going to introduce them now. The first guest, or one of our guests, you may recognize. huh? She's a filmmaker. From Olympia, Washington, whose latest work, Protection Spell, just premiered, Mm. just had its premiere.
2: Mm.
0: Was that Northwest Film Society Forum?
2: Northwest Film Forum. Northwest Film Forum.
0: In Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. We love it. Uh, The other guest, who's not the other, he's of equal value to the first guest in my book. I'm going to get on record saying that. Mason might feel otherwise. Uh, (laughs) Is the first. He's of equal value to the first guest. They're both of equal value. They're both of the same value to me, and I love them both. Huge supporter of this podcast for a long time. Wanted to get him on before I fuck my own ass so hard I leave the show forever. Please welcome back to the podcast, Marin Moreno. Woo! Snap, 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 snap. And welcome, for the first time, Austin Hayes. Austin! Austin! Austin. What's up?
3: What up, what up? Honored to be here. Thank you for having me. You're so
0: welcome. What is it like, genuinely, (laughs) genuinely, listening to this show, not knowing what it's like to be in a shitty Zoom call, and then being in the shitty Zoom (laughs) call and seeing it happen? Describe that.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, I think the audio, or excuse me, the visual component of watching you do your thing at the beginning is very worth it you can make some money off of selling that i think right. <laughs> uh you know i know i know the patreon's been joked about but you know that that may be a viable room in the future um but uh, uh it also reminds me of I, I was doing dsa stuff for like a good a good first half of uh of covid and putting on like these like uh, educational night school session nice. things and i hate it A lot. I just hate doing the Zoom calls, and so I'm just like I was just sitting, like zoning off, looking out my window over here, just be like, oh yeah, is I could be doing a lot of other stuff besides that. Thing a Zoom call, But also, <laughs> honored to be here. Thank you very yeah, much. So
0: let me just break down what you just said for maybe the for maybe the person who uh, couldn't believe their ears just now <laughs> on what you said. You fucking hate being here. You don't want to be here at all. You fucking hate. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving you a fucking hard time, dude. Thank you guys both for being here so much. Who's been to Red Robin recently? Let's just get it out of the way. Who's been to Red Robin recently? Raise your hand. Me? I'm the only one, Marin. Marin, did you have you never been to Red Robin, Marin? What's going on? I heard a little birdie told me that.
2: Never, never been to Red Robin in my life. What's up with that? No. Why? Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I just I've never been a huge like chain restaurants person, you know. And I think I finally just started going to like chain restaurants that were like national chains when I moved to Washington because. Growing up in California, it was always, like, in and out or Del Taco, so I probably had, like, McDonald's, like, food, like, not just, like, ice cream, like, less than 10 times before I moved to the Northwest.
0: What part of California so, did you grow I don't up know. in? I can't remember.
2: I'm... Sacramento. Oh. Sacramento. So, plenty of strip mall hell, you know? Like, Sacramento yeah. is, like, I think a little bit more, like, Southern California than, like, other Northern California cities like San Francisco, which are definitely, like... Beautiful and like metropolitan, and then Sacramento is like a little city in the center, and then a bunch of like shit that like looks like where they film super bad, you know, totally. just like hella strip malls, like flat, ugly, Lady Bird like, Country. It, it baby. looks like any other suburb on the West Coast. Yeah, so you know exactly lady bird films in kind of all the pretty parts of sacramento though they never go to like they only go to the shitty strip malls once when they go to that thrift store which i've been many nice. times i have so many clothes from that thrift store that was very cool actually even though i'm not a fan of that film i was still like oh, thrift town but anyways never been to red robin mason i'm missing out apparently when was the last time you
0: were in red robin mason let's just get a quick tally going
1: Listen, I don't, I, I, don't think I've ever been inside of a Red Robin to my memory. What the, what the any. fuck? I'm serious. What <laughs> the fuck is happening wow. here today? They didn't really have them. They didn't really have them around me where I was growing up. I always really wanted to go to one. We would go to, um, King County Cougars game, which was like a feeder team for, I want to say like the, the Diamondbacks. Maybe I'm not 100 percent sure, but there was like it was like a small baseball field in King County, and you would just go uh, you know, and I think that they were sponsored by a Red Robin or something, and I'd be like, this place looks pretty good, they've got burgers, they got fries, they got everything that I, as a as a girl and boy, want, why don't we go to a Red Robin, and there was never one nearby when I was growing up, it's the same thing with the Sonic, but I made a trip with some of my friends in high school to our closest Sonic, which was in Lockport, I feel like we talked about this, oh, and, um I had like one of those um uh uh kind of Homer trying to meet Mr. T moments where I would take the red line to Chicago and state uh and either go to the Museum of Contemporary Art or to uh therapy, and I would always pass by the one red robin in the city, which was basically right off where the red line got you, and I would walk past and be like, Oh, I'll go in there one day, and it's been closed for a couple of years. It's been close. I've never. I I don't know. I've never gone to one. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, this is really. This is one of the worst podcasts. Well, Austin, have you ever been
3: to (laughs) Red Robin? So, Red Robin was for a long time my favorite. Yes, without a doubt. Yes, bro. Okay.
0: All right. All right. We're making a comeback here, Austin. I don't mean to interrupt. (laughs) I don't mean to interrupt. But keep going. I'm just. I'm. I'm happy for you, my man.
3: I moved to Washington in, I want to say like 2005 or six or something like that. Um, soon after, you know, had, was in middle school and shit, loved going to red Robin would go grocery shopping with my mom because she would take me to red Robin afterwards. So I would just go with her every Saturday or every other Saturday. Um, it was definitely, we, we were like in a small ass town. So like the closest like suburb is where everyone would go for like, you know, dates or just like hanging out with friends and bullshit. Um, so, um, So that was like definitely go hang out with friends at Red Robin because of the fries and uh, get a bunch of fries. And then um, whenever I would meet up with my mom in college, I would make her take me to Red Robin usually. Um, So so it was just like a recurring good time after good time. You know, told my mom I need to get like on some anxiety medication at Red Robin, (laughs) you know, just like really good time. And we were talking about this in the chat Noah based off of what you got at Red Robin but that was my first time experimenting with a fried egg on a burger which is wow revelatory revelatory yep Yep.
0: my man oh me you've saved this podcast from podcast hell my man (laughs) you are bringing us all the way to heaven my man and I believe in that I believe in heaven and hell so we were going to hell (laughs) (laughs) because I believe in that shit you know It Uh. should be
1: made clear that Noah didn't believe in heaven and hell until he met me, and at that point he started believing in hell and, you know, sort of following that thought to its logical endpoint: If hell exists, then heaven must absolutely exist.
0: Well, I know hell exists because I enter a chat every week that makes me feel like I'm there. (laughs) So, but yes, Austin, congratulations on being kind of the only guy in this chat right now that I want to talk to in in a number of ways, you know. (laughs) Uh Red Robin is one of the best if not the best restaurant in the entire world. There is none, there are none, excuse me, in LA yeah. proper. The closest one to me now, not doxing where I'm at, do not ask me where I live. Anyone in this chat please? Uh closest one to me is in the valley, which is about a good 30 minute drive <laughs> to go to Red Robin. So I went. I went. I went. I went. I went. It was beautiful. I sat at the bar. I knew immediately what I wanted. I didn't have to fucking think about it. I got the Royal Red Robin no burger, no tomatoes, fries, sitting there. This was last Sunday, watching fucking football. One guy at the very end of the bar, sipping on like a liter of beer, just fucking nursing like a whole liter of beer just by himself. And I'm like, if I was about 25 years older than I am right now, I think I'd be hanging out with this guy right now, but he was a little too old for me. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So I love Red Robin. Red Robin's great. It's one of the best places on Earth. It's actually one of the only good things, <laughs> yeah, at all, in this entire life. So thank you guys. Uh, I appreciate Austin. I appreciate your integrity around the whole Red Robin thing. Marin and Mason, uh, next time we chat, I'd like to be hearing about Red Robin from you guys, personally. <laughs> personally, that's what wow. I would be appreciating.
2: homework assignment.
0: <laughs> yep, actually. <laughs> Actually, so mm-hmm. you guys can handle that. You guys can figure that out.
2: Write one page about your experience at Red Robin and share it with the I class. don't think
0: one page is going to be enough, to be frank. I think you're going to need at least you really? You're going to have to go maybe one page front and back, but you're going at least two on that. Okay.
2: Budget. Okay.
0: Ask about the monster okay. shakes. Just ask. <laughs> Just okay. ask about what okay. what the possibilities are out there to be possibly upgrading your shake from a normal size shake don't to a me, monster like- shake. Just ask. Yeah, there's they, like, you, like, there is a whole world out there. No, what did thing? you share what you got? You shared with
1: our in our chat in our chat when we were planning this episode. He just episode. Told us. What the fuck? Yeah,
0: dude, I just said I, I got, got, the got the Royal Red Robin burger. burger and fries, you my just man. You said it a second ago. Okay,
1: okay. You're right. I'm Were sorry. you even listening? That's what Honestly, uh, truth- <laughs> <No>. yes, bro.
0: <laughs> fuck yes. So yes. Get his fucking ass. Get his ass so good. <laughs> fuck yes. All right. Should we actually talk about some bullshit?
2: <laughs> should we talk, should we talk <laughs> about some of
0: the shit?
1: No. Red Robin?
0: No, I mean the actual bullshit that we are supposed to talk about on this show. <laughs> Did we talk about that, Mace?
2: That's fine. Yeah, let's do it. Why
0: not? I do have a question. I do that's actually have a legit... That is true. That's why we're here, technically. Uh, Marin and Austin, first question before we even start talking about the album and movie itself. How'd you guys decide who was going to bring the movie on? How'd you guys decide who was going to bring the album on?
2: Do you want to take this, baby? I feel like because I made the decision, actually. This was just sort of like I immediately, like, I knew the movie that I wanted to talk about. You'll you'll hear later. I am a big fan of this film. And I was immediately like, I get the movie. And I feel like you all have gotten like a pretty big taste of like my taste in music. And so I was like, "Mm, that'll be like good for Austin. Pick out a good album. But I even kind of like encouraged him on his album pick i bossy, I guess. Sorry, baby.
3: So, what I'll <laughs> add to that. Um, so, I, I think it was kind of natural. You know, Marin's the filmmaker. She should bring on a film. Um, so, and, I don't know. Uh, Marin has some stuff out of my music taste that she uh, is fine with. Uh-oh, did we lose Noe? We... He was so mad at Uh-oh. me for
1: not listening to him that he left the fucking chat here. <laughs> Hold up. Let me text it. Wow. Let me text
3: it real quick. Uh, Austin, keep going. (laughs) Sure, yeah. um, Marion had a... Marion's a filmmaker, so she had a film. Uh, She doesn't agree with all my music tastes, but this... uh, We had a couple things that I thought of that we could bring on that she all liked, so that seemed to work out. And uh, I used to do student radio stuff in college, so I I have a little bit of a music-ish background, but... Yeah, uh, this is definitely more out there as far as my music tastes go in general.
1: Um, So uh, peek behind the production curtain here, folks. Noah has, he texted me, no idea what fucking happened. Going to convert my files just in case and then rejoin the call. He dipped, so (laughs) we will hear from him when he's back. Um, But this is a pretty, so uh, Austin, then why don't you um, preview the album and how it came into your, your life then?
3: Sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, I will start with, uh, in 2020, early 2020, uh, the novel coronavirus spread across the, uh, across the United States and the rest of the Wait, world. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all... sorry. I'm sorry. Can I just oh, yeah.
1: stop you there real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a novel coronavirus. Did I hear you correctly on that one?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's also known as COVID-19. If, if okay. You okay. I might've heard of it. Uh, yeah. Okay racking my brain here but keep going Just keep going let's not stop the show <laughs> sure so that happened uh caused, you know a lot of changes a lot of people lose their jobs become unemployed like i um and i was stuck at home and stuck indoors at the same time uh, kind of started looking for new music to listen to mm-hmm. uh started getting more into hyper pop um a little bit you know i was into 100 Gecs. i uh, got into some other shit uh, started listening to, like, stuff on SoundCloud more. Um, and then uh, the George Floyd stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. You know, George Floyd was murdered. Uh, a lot of protests happening. And I remember one day on Spotify, I searched uh, for, like, Cab music. I just typed that in, mm-hmm. and I found some playlists that people had made. Um, and that got me into to listening some tracks by an artist that people on TikTok might have heard of before called Lil Darky. Uh, who's okay, Don't, not a big fan. I like him a little bit, um, but I got into his stuff and he's in, he has a group called Spider Gang, started getting into all of these different little like 4 chan sort of edgelord rapper guys um, and um, still stuck at home just looking for anything to like excite me and like fill my brain. And so I got into that and Janascus is a member of, and so that's kind of how I got introduced to them. Uh, they then released a, an album that summer that I got really into. That I was considering bringing on here, but they're all untitled tracks, like they're just like num- named and numbered like file names and shit. Mm. So that would have been a nightmare to talk about. So I uh, decided to not do that. So yeah. So then uh, this is one of the albums of his that I of their theirs that I got into. Um, they released like a few albums in 2019. So there's a lot there to check out and this is definitely one of the more interesting ones and how do we how do we pronounce this uh e Erku yeah i don't know exactly Erku is what i say gotcha
0: all right so i'm back i am back from uh the depths of fucking hell literally it just it stopped it fucking evaporated in front of my eyes I asked the question to both Austin and Marin. how'd you guys figure out who's going to bring on what? And it immediately quit out. It was so fucked up. That's happened to me like only twice before, so it's not unheard of, but fuck that shit. So what was your guys' answer? Because that? We, nope, I'm not listening to, I hate listening to this show. It's a fucking pain in my ass to listen to this show. So just tell me now, Once Who? how short, did Marin you
3: guys
0: Who said, yeah, say, you got to think- say it again, bro
3: long story short Marin decided um, amazing and that's there you go yes
0: happy yeah. wife is a happy life on that one uh, yeah, and no. we all know that and that's fine uh okay so we're talking about is it we're saying air coup is that what we're saying that's what I
3: say air yeah.
0: Ques, yeah I say air that's Coup how as well we say it. Um, Marin, was Austin bothering you when he was <laughs> listening to this nonstop, uh, when he was getting into it? Or what was your, what was your take on this when you well, first heard it?
2: you know, I actually, when I first like met Austin, he definitely like had like much more conventional taste and that's what kind of like attracted me to him. Cause I was like dating like guys that were like into like film and music like i was and it was like exhausting and annoying like these dudes like bring their fucking like cappuccino in with me to, like the film screening and i was like fuck you shut Damn. up and then austin and i go on our first date and i'm like what's your favorite movie and he was like district nine and i was like oh, refreshing finally finally, <laughs> finally. so good and uh, I feel like it was a lot of the same with music. Like, when we first started dating, I don't know. He was into, like, Kendrick Lamar, like, Frank Ocean, American Baseball. just like, typical, I feel like, guy music for, mm-hmm. like, his age. Let's go,
0: baby. And then... Guy music. I've,
2: Yeah, you know, just, like, dudes rock, like, that sort of shit. And Amen. I, you know, I love, like, Shushu and Coco Rosie. And I feel like a lot of artists that, like, probably, like, influenced Janaskis. And so... Now it's kind of, like, become this turn where I feel like I mostly listen to music ranging from, like, the 80s to, like, the early 2000s, as far as, like, what I listen to on the regular, like, if you were to go through my history. And then Austin, like, keeps up with contemporary music way more than I do, and is way more into hyper-pop than I am. I like some of it, but I don't really listen to it by myself, and so he got really into the Spider Gang guys and I was like, okay, th- this is fine. I, like, get what they're doing. You know, they're definitely, like, very, like, edgy and, like, the things that they do. Like, there's an artistic purpose to it. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. This is very creative, but don't really listen to it. But I was, I'm really taken with Janaskis, actually. I don't listen to them all the time, but they, they really remind me of just, like, a lot of artists that I liked in, like, my adolescence. I feel like I mentioned, I don't know. Like, Coca-Rosie and, like, other artists. But I feel like, I don't know, contemporaries, if you like, like, JPEG Mafia, but you were like, I want this to be, like, more fucked up, mm-hmm. like, that's right. Janaskis. So I actually, so, I, I'm thrilled that, like, Austin loves this music that is, like, really, like, challenging and uncomfortable and angry. It's actually not torture for me most of the time. Sometimes.
0: So it's, so we got contemporary music, BF, 80s to early 2000s music, GF, over here is what we got, basically.
2: yeah. Pretty much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Um, Mason, I know that this is your speed. (laughs) This music is (laughs) right. Your speed This is right in line with what gear you're fucking driving in, baby. But actually, had you heard that this guy or spider gang before? No,
1: not at all. And that's uh, when Austin suggested this. I had that little I, I got so excited because it was something that I had never heard of before had no idea what it was going to sound like or be like and this the album art was just so uh i guess demonic and cool that i'm like i am ready to get just listen to this and just feel so fucking evil i cannot wait to hear this album and talk about it on this pod noah had you by any sort of chance heard of
0: janaskis or spider gang at all i had not mm-hmm. but When I saw the album cover (laughs) this album, uh, it reminded me so much of, like, my best friend from, like, middle school and early high school. And I know that sounds crazy, Mm -hmm. but he's still up in the Pacific Northwest. I'm not going to dox him. I'm not going to, you know, give out any, like, identifying, you know, whatever's. But he was the guy, I've talked about him briefly on this show before. He's the guy who introduced me to Vic Mensa and the guy who introduced me to Odd Future Mm. and that guy and stuff like that. And he is a rapper and like producer up in the Pacific Northwest still. And I remember that he said to me, and I laughed internally so hard when he said this, but he's like, Yeah, I'm getting pretty big in Tacoma. <laughs> he said that oh, to yeah. me. Yeah. And I was like, but dude, yeah. you are so full of shit. You might as well be pushing <laughs> diamonds out of your ass, bro. Like, what the fuck is going on in there? Uh I just remember him telling me that and, and this we're like sixteen when he's telling me that he's like, I'm getting big in Tacoma. I'm like, no you're not some guy you met on fucking 4chan or Reddit is paying for your Greyhound bus ticket so that you can go perform in a basement in fucking
2: Tacoma. Hey, good That's for him. Happening.
1: Honestly, at 16, Tacoma's not a... Oh, it was crazy. Yeah.
2: We love Tacoma in this Best house. No, No in. shit talking Tacoma. I like Tacoma better than Seattle, honestly. If there was an opportunity for me to premiere my film in Tacoma over Seattle... I would do it.
1: Fucking sniped, dude, man! Wow, I am not a no. PNW. Yeah. I am the only person in this chat that has little uh, uh, association with the PNW. Um, it's very exciting that there's now a turf war happening in the Zoom call <laughs> <laughs> about Tacoma, the legitimacy of Tacoma as an
3: artistic hub.
0: Wait, Austin, where were you? You don't have to say this if you don't want to. But where were you? Where were you from originally before you moved to Washington?
3: Yeah, um, I'm originally from like outside the Philadelphia area. Uh, originally oh, nice! Lives, moved from Pennsylvania to Washington in like fifth grade or something like that. So been out here. Do you here. identify
0: more as a Washingtonian?
3: Yeah, it was a thing where like we moved out here because of my stepdad's job. But then like growing up and like like having like social anxiety and stuff like that, I was like, oh, it's it's great that I grew up out here where people like don't want to talk to you in the first place as opposed to like Philadelphia where people are like actually yelling at you you know so I was like oh thank god I feel like because culturally I fit in a lot more out here
0: that's an interesting comment because I grew up I was born in Cleveland Ohio for anyone who maybe doesn't know and I lived there for the first two and a half years of my life so don't remember a goddamn thing about it but they got the rock and roll hall of fame out there so yeah,
1: yeah Lake Erie
0: uh but then Lake Erie, all the good shit. And then my, my parents and I moved to the Portland suburbs or whatever. And then when I moved down to Southern California to go to college, to Orange County specifically, I was like, man, no one in Orange County wants to fucking talk to you. No one at this fucking school that I go to wants to talk to you. They all want to walk with their head down or whatever. So I actually feel different. I feel like the Pacific Northwest is an extremely friendly, extremely like accepting, outgoing place. Just from my memory of this, that's an interesting mirror image but I do also understand what you're saying where it's like I guess if you do want to be left alone you can be left alone and no one's gonna think twice about it too well I guess, which,
2: le- let me cool. say something real quick because I think Portland is notably pretty friendly I okay. was there about like a couple months ago and you know we're we're in Olympia and like It's like semi chilly, but I was in Portland and everybody was like coming up and like talking to me like there's like a really fun like goth dance club there that I love going to whenever I'm in Portland and people were like walking up to me and just like, I love your outfit. And just, like, super nice. Like, I remember, like, I was on the dance floor and this, like, girl, like, typed up on her phone, like, I loved your hair with a bunch of, like, heart emojis and like showed it to me. Like, everyone was so, like, fucking nice. And, like, our our just, like, waiters would be, like, oh, like, you're on vacation. And I was, like, what the fuck? Like, because I'm used to just, like, even, like, I don't know, places that I like in Olympia that I think, like, have good, like, very, like, friendly service. It's, like, nope. No one's being warm to you like that. So I think like the PNW is a big enough region where it's like Seattle's kind of chilly, Tacoma's kinda chilly. Olympia's like weird and chilly. Olympia's like a weird fucking place because it's not even like a proper city. It is just like a weird town that like happens to have like an art scene. It is like semi affordable. So it's like full of just like weird fucking people like us. But also the capital Portland's a Yeah, yeah, it's like, but it's much smaller than, like, it's smaller than Tacoma, it's smaller than, like, Sacramento. It's, like, I feel like, I don't know, for, for like, a frame of reference, it's more of the size of, like, what's that, what's that cute little town in um, Oregon that, like, it's past Salem, if you're, like, heading to California, and it's great. It's the Eugene. It's a little, it's Mm, even smaller than Eugene, probably, but it's more Eugene size and vibe. So, but it's still, I don't know. I think Portland's a friendly place. People may disagree with me, but I I think people are super nice there.
1: Uh, And Chicago is the metaverse. Can we talk about the album, please?
0: (laughs) No, dude. I don't want to talk about this fucking album. Uh, Why... Why listen to this album? And I'm not, this is not a disparaging on the album. I don't like this album very much. I'll just come out and say it right now. But why listen? Very much. You don't like this <laughs> why- album very much. Shut up. Much. Shut the fuck, dude. Shut the fuck up. Why listen to this album when I could listen to Death Grips instead?
3: You know, that is a fair question. Um, Because when I think of like who to compare Janaskis to, like Death Grips is someone that comes to mind. Um, sure. I would say that this album I chose because it as far as gymnastics stuff goes it's a little bit more entry level-ish you know it uses a lot more like <laughs> okay. it, it uses some like actual like instrumental sort of like stuff that you know like made in fucking like garage band or something like that right um, yeah. it, and then it has like parts that get like very like noisy and shit like that um, but then there's other albums that I like more that are definitely more of that like noisy sort of stuff Um, That I would say, maybe even go a little do a bit more interesting sort of stuff than Death Grips. So I went, so I guess I would say, as far as this album, that's a fair question. Like maybe you're just going to listen to Death Grips instead. But I would say Janaskis ends up doing more interesting stuff than Death Grips does.
0: I got you. Okay. I'm just genuinely, because I'm listening to this album, I didn't explore anything else that Spider Gang or Janaskis did um, outside of this work. But I'm listening to it and I'm like, Let's just get some inanimate sensation going on in the club instead, baby. Let's get some fucking... Let's get some... What is the title? What is the first track off yeah, Government okay. Plates called? Oh, Does anybody uh, know plates? it off the top no. of your head? Um, it's, you look like a giant spider web, but in reality you're just a bug or something like that. What the fuck is it? It's got this crazy title. Um, But I was genuinely thinking like, okay, Death Grips. <laughs> but it makes me realize like how influential of a group Death Grips has been Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time and I think we've talked about this on the show before but like you know when Death Grips first are you know mainstream quote-unquote are being discovered or whatever in like the early 2010s it's like what is this this is so abrasive this is so obnoxious possibly to some people and then 10 years later so much is sounding like those first couple death grips albums so much like no love deep web and the money store you know on a good day or whatever so it's just interesting to me that death grips has become so influential in such a short period of time for a very specific type of yeah sector of music yeah
1: i you know i just it's like anything i think they were such a flashpoint group at a period of time and because they were so big, you had people like like me who were just, like, kind of aware of them just, like, culturally and listened to them, like, riding the bus or whatever, but wasn't, like, didn't use it to influence their, like, their their their, their art making or whatever. Um, but it, you know, it stands to reason, I guess, that, like, someone like Janaskis, how old is Janaskis? Like, uh, pretty, pretty... They're,
2: like, 22, 23. Yeah, okay.
1: So, they're, you know, They're like, pretty young. Don't know when Death Grips came into Janaskis' life, but I feel like if I was 22, the same age Janaskis was making this this album, and hearing Death Grips for the first time being like, this shit is so fucking cool. And like, maybe even a younger kid could hear and be like, this shit is so fucking cool, and it's speaking to me as, like, an angry teenager, and it just, like, informs their, like, kind of artistic, um, um, I guess artistic... It, 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 like an influence, basically, is all I'm trying to say. Um, I'm glad you brought up the death grips question here, Noah, because that was also in my in my notes about this album. Is it was very Janaskis', like sort of delivery and kind of confrontational, just like kind of uh, uh, personality was very like MC right, and uh, uh, in a way that I thought was like so cool <laughs> to hear again. I'm kind of starving for just in my day to day because I don't have time to find new music just like something that is like this like kind of confrontational and just like angry and like distorted and, and glitchy and kind of staticky and just like um sounds so like gives me like scratches that death it, it death grips itch without necessarily being the stuff that i'm familiar with you know
3: sure and then and then to expand a little past just like the death grip yes uh, please comparison, like um I, when I was in, like, high school and middle school, I was very much into, like, the Vans Warped Tour, like, scene, sort of, like, you know, metalcore yeah, music and all that sort of shit, and I think you, and, like, you know, I was I was in a, I was in a new metal before that, you know, I, I was into, like, the, Hell the yeah, like, dude. you know, My Chemical Romance, like, emo e bands and stuff, Let's and go. I think a lot, you're, mm. you're seeing now, recently, a lot of revival of, like, scene stuff on, like, oh, apps, me. like, TikTok and shit like that, and i think artists like janaskis artists like you know um like oh fuck who's the one whose his name is essentially lucifer was it Lily vert Lily vert yeah. you know just all the, yeah all, all those like artists like are bringing like XX, or fucking i forget all these people's names but i don't know they're 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 definitely kind of um bring reviving that sort of stuff but in a more like hip hop sort of context mm-hmm. and so that plus like Plus, like Death Grips like we've been talking about I think it's just making all this like different sort of music come out
2: and well I can go to bat for for Noe's question too a little bit like why listen to Jenaskis when Death Grips is right there and you like you see it in this album and you see it in like a little bit more of like their projects but there definitely like is like kind of like a a like queer and kind of like gender anxiety thread that like goes through their music in really interesting ways. And I feel like we don't have enough like contemporary, like queer music that is this like violence and mm. uh, not just like, I'm really cute with my friends looking at my notebook. Sure. And so I feel like Janaskis and like uh, other, like everything that like Debbie McCallion's done and just like all this stuff where, obviously like i think death grips their music is super smart and they have like so many musics about like institutions of power and prison and all sorts of different things but like if you want that kind of like gender sexuality like existentialism which like really goes through like all their music where it's like who am I? Like, who do I want to be? Like, I'm uncomfortable with myself or my body. I'm uncomfortable with like the parameters of like masculinity and femininity. I feel like they, they really hit on that in a way that's like cool and not just like twee and annoying. Like, sure. I, I find it really refreshing.
0: That's a great point. That's a great point. It is a great point. Something I hadn't even really considered to be totally honest with you. So yeah, thank you very much for bringing that's, that up. That's that why that I, title was, of like, that. I I,
2: I'm, Gonna go to bat for that aspect.
0: No, that's good. That's good. I, it's, I, again, it wasn't a why the fuck would anyone listen to this type thing. It was genuinely like, what is, what is separating this from something that we maybe have a little bit more of a already familiarity with, you know, like why, what is the differentiating factor, more or less, but that. That, that title that I was trying to think of. The full title is the, this is the first track off Government Plates. You might think he loves you for your money, but I know what he really loves you for, and it's your brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. That is the full title of the first track off Government Plates, and I remember yeah. my friend playing me that song in his dorm room in college, and like mouthing along to the lyrics and being like, I'm not going to be friends with you for very much longer. I don't think we're getting along right now. This is not fun for me. And then flash forward
1: um, to however many years later and that is the last thing that noah says to me before we sign off the zoom call every single time <laughs>
2: oh that's so sweet well
1: yeah See, my introduction that I
2: them I to them was uh ex-military and like spread eagle across the block and that type shit yeah my... they're such a sacramento group i fucking love it like i feel like death grips are what they are because of zach hill from hella like so good totally. mm-hmm. So I, I love the noisy side of Death Grips, and I feel like Genascus definitely, like, touches on, like, their their earlier their earlier work that was kind of scary, because I remember I stumbled upon them and I saw their videos were shot, like, where I grew up, like, Sacramento area, but, like, they're definitely, like, from the internet in the way that, like, Genascus is, you know, where they're kind of, like, mysterious. So I feel like, I don't know. It's kind of like a recreation of that same sort of feeling where... Their mysterious figures, Janasius is on social media, but they're pretty cryptic and weird. It's not just like, "Hey guys, I'm going on tour. Buy my tickets," you know. Like they're usually like, clouded and smoke and just like
1: that's confusing so cool. and that's
2: mysterious, so cool. you know. Yeah. And it's like we 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 have way too much like access to artists now. So that's my other my other sort of Janasius thought.
0: That's true. We do have way too we have too much access to other people's lives and they're just sort of giving it up for free you know it's true 100% true i wish i didn't know so much about like chris pratt (laughs) you know what i mean like i wish that i didn't know anything about that guy except that he's gonna be mario (laughs) in the fucking mario (laughs) brothers movie next year or whatever it is fuck um here's what i'll say in terms of what i do like about urku or however we want to say it today I like when it goes more into hip hop and rap than noise. I think that is very interesting because there's still that noise, very harsh, like undertone to it. But specifically, and I'm not just saying this because it, it'll give me a lead into a joke, but Gemini Cancer Nihilist Cup, or Gemini Cancer Nihilist Cup, excuse me, uh, Millennial Gen Z Cusp, uh, that. Backbeat and that track is awesome. There's some awesome production happening there. And I was really into that. And I wish that it followed that thread a little bit more. But that's not what the album is. That's just a little, you get a little sprinkle of that sort of in that section. And that's what I enjoyed the most was sort of that playfulness with like a typical like hip hop trap beat or something like that. I don't know. I thought that was cool, and it gives me an opportunity to say millennial Gen Z cusp on this, and Mason's 50 years older than I am, so kind of a cool thing for me to say. Um, But Austin, the man of the hour, the man who brought us this album, what is it about this album specifically that you like so much? Your fucking screen is going crazy. Austin's on the move here. We're
1: getting
3: a show in the chat. I I love it.
0: Settle down, bro. Please. (laughs) I'm
3: like trying to plug my phone in.
0: Good. No, that's good. What What do you really like about this? What 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 is it about it that listening to this album makes you go, "Yes, bro, I have to bring this on the show"?
3: Yeah. Um. So I I definitely hear what you're saying. You no, know, uh, that that track that you mentioned, the Gemini, Cancer, and Eyelid Uh That track reminds me of like King Cruel, who I was really into in college. Yeah. Um, some of that sort of instrumental stuff. Um, but uh, for this for this album, the opening track for me, Yuka. Um. Just, like, it it begins in that sort of, like, more instrumentally, like, using, like, that sort of, like, weird, like, blasted out um, sound to begin with. And just does, like, a little, you know, just a little uh, chorus, I guess, that just repeats a couple of times. And then it just goes fucking insane in a direction that I've never really experienced before. I was never really into, like, noise uh, music sort of shit before. But, like, it, I don't know, it just, like, really excited me. And it doesn't stay there too long. It then goes into that weird sort of um, electronic sort of like interlude sure. part. And then it gets back to the chorus again. it just like keeps going in like all these interesting directions where I just heard that first track. I was like, oh, I definitely want to re- listen to the rest of this. And then from nice. there, just hopping around all, all, all the different albums and singles and shit. And yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Nice. Yeah. Mason. Hey. My man. What's up? Give me a kiss real quick. I'd love to.
1: I'd love to, but we, uh, there we go. Um, You can.
0: Don't make excuses for not giving me a kiss when I want a kiss. um, That's first and foremost. What do you like, bro? What do you like about this?
1: So I, my just like, I wrote, so I listened to this album uh, sitting at the laundromat earlier today, just like, because sitting at the laundromat is one of my favorite places to listen to music just because like great all my business is happening in a machine right now i can just like kind of sit and chill watch the tv watch kids run around uh eat shit (laughs) uh watch other people do their laundry i can just like be be alone and by myself so i listened to this album here and i just wrote down after i had finished my listen to it this whole album feels like a battle against the world and then yourself. You are fighting ferociously but alone. It feels like it ends before there's a conclusion, giving you the feeling it's an ongoing and maybe cyclical battle. The weapons have changed, but the war is the same. Um, and I kind of like... Whoa. What's damn up? Damn,
2: King, that's beautiful.
1: Baron, I can't the hear you. The weapons have
0: changed, but the war oh. has stayed the same.
2: Um, I just but, said, damn, King, that's beautiful.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
2: Um,
1: I So to kind of maybe like... I wrote down Death Grips a lot in my notes, just like when I was listening to each track and just like kind of jotting out my it's uh, my my thoughts as they were coming to me. Um, and I like Marin's earlier point that Death Grips was a very institutionally and sort of. Uh, um, uh, an institutionally-minded sort of um, group. Everyone's getting out of the fucking Zoom window here. Noah got up, Austin's I know, here. I know. Um, a very institutionally-minded um, group, and janascus's music, or at least in this album that I felt, felt very, like, um, I guess, personal sort of in a way, and they are very much talking about, like, their... I felt like I was in their sort of, like... In their personality and seeing them, how they exist in the world, like this kind of this frustration, like one of my favorite things and one of my favorite things to find in new music. And I'm very bad at like finding this for myself, but when people show it to me, just like stuff that sounds and feels like what it is to be on the Internet without explicitly saying this is what it's like to be on the Internet. Like that was one of the things that was so exciting about Gax, when Chef Thomas showed us Gax, was like, okay, like, these are people that grew up and kind of had, grew up on the internet and have, like, lived their life with this insane thing that didn't exist even to the same capacity, like, 15, 25 years ago, and Janaskis' music kind of gave me the same thing, where, like, the first time I listened to it, I was kind of behind on my, like, kind of, on my, uh, um, like getting the show together last week and kind of getting ready for the show this week. And so I was coming back from work one day and I just, I saw that the album was 25 minutes long. And I'm like, okay, that's basically the length of my commute, give or take a minute or two. So I just put it on. I was like standing on the train platform and again, Yoka starts. And I think I know, I, I like what it sounds like. And I think I know where it's going. And then there's just like the kind of that collapse or that kind of break. And then this explosion in it. And I'm like, I am in for whatever's going to happen next. And there's those, like, kind of... I couldn't make out any lyrics. Couldn't really make out any lyrics a second time either. Could have looked them up earlier, but I didn't. Um, but I liked the the explosion of um, noise and static and, and things like that that just, like, kind of... Um, I don't know if it was whenever i hear stuff like that i don't feel like it's it's music or done in a way that is trying to keep me at a distance or trying to keep me at a way to like from engaging with this person or this artist it just like kind of is it kind of strikes me as a fact of life that we have just like so much fucking noise and static in our lives these days that it's just like finally somebody Somebody is like getting deep into like 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 the recesses of my mind and being like, doesn't this shit just like kind of isn't this kind of what it sounds like at the end of it all, at the end of the day or whatever? And I'm just like, Yes, absolutely. That's to say there's not beauty, not to say that there's not um uh, uh uh things that make you feel good and you get it that way, but just the amount of fucking maybe just where I live in the city of Chicago, maybe it's just the kind of hustle and bustle of of, of my life, but just anything that just sounds like that just reminds me and it, it makes me feel like there's just so much fucking noise around me. I'm like, okay, finally somebody <laughs> understands and and recognizes and, and acknowledges it too. Um, I really I really enjoyed and found this a pretty pretty thought provoking music experience. So, those are all of my thoughts on that. Noah, did you get your water? How's your water there, bud? <laughs> It's fine.
0: Marin, any final thoughts uh on this album?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I sort of want to speak to like what what you were saying, Mason. That made me think of like a really big part of kind of the the Gynaskis, uh, mythology is that I think for like most of their career, they were like working at an Amazon warehouse and filmed some of their music videos illegally no at the warehouse, and I think like, you know, we we're talking about like being surrounded by all the noise like a human cog in this machine and kind of like I think a lot of their music you know like struggles against like the systems of like gender and sexuality but there still is like talking about like the systems of like being like a working person under capitalism and I think like some of their other music like touches upon it I mean I feel like if anybody is like semi intrigued, like listening to the pod, I definitely recommend their song Shoot Up the Amazon Warehouse. It's really great. Okay. I I shared it I um I remember like sharing it online and it definitely like got like a little bit of like a weird reaction from some people. Like someone Hmm. was like why why isn't this song like encouraging like solidarity with your fellow workers because there's an element of the song where basically like there's all these robotic voices talking to Jonassius and I interpret it as like the machines in the system of power like abusing people's like kind of like like sense of like caring about things and trying to manipulate Janascus as they shoot up these robot overlords, so it's like a robot telling them like, I have a child, I have children. like I'm a single mom. so I don't know. Maybe it is interpreted as, as like an actual like human woman telling them that. but it, it's a really just like it, it's it's some like edgy shit. and like I, I'm glad that they're they're doing stuff that's like challenging and weird and making people who are open to weird stuff. Uncomfortable and making the older generations uncomfortable too. So Rock and roll. That, that's my thought with yes If you're intrigued, go watch the shoot up the Amazon warehouse video. It's good.
0: You said something interesting earlier where you said if anyone's um, like interested in this podcast, if anyone's interested in what we're saying, that's never happened in the almost 100 episodes <laughs> that we've been doing. I think it. we have the so two no most interested
1: people change. in the po- that have ever been interested in the podcast in the <laughs> yeah. chat right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, listening no, back to this I, when it comes out. <laughs> just being like, yes, okay, I I'm going to go check that out. Right, now. <laughs> <laughs> right <now. laughs> Fuck.
2: This is my Doing Dishes podcast. But Hell,
1: we'll fucking take that. That's the nicest Hell. thing you could have possibly said. That is the nicest thing you could have Hell. ever said.
0: <laughs> yeah, this podcast is pretty good for a girl. <laughs> 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 yeah, this podcast is pretty funny for a girl. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, it's not. It's not even that. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. Parody, 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 parody. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, can we please? Yeah, I'm canceled for saying anything. Please cancel me so I can live the rest of my fucking life in peace for once. God fucking damn it. All right. We're doing some fast facts. (laughs) There's not a lot of fast facts, but we're going to do them. They're actually going to be fast this week. Can you guys believe them? This might be the first time in history. Here we go. Love it. John Black Naskis, better known as Janaskis, is an experimental rap artist and member of Spider Gang. They joined some time in 2018 and has collaborated with other members such as MKUltra, Brahman Main God, excuse me, main God, producing the beat for No One Really Knows and some other songs, and Corpse doing the beat on Falling Babylon Part 1. Spider Gang is a music and rap collective made up of several distinct artists known for combining and composing various experimental genres, ranging from aggressive trap metal and screamo to freestyle and dreamlike cloud rap. Spider Gang was formed in the early to mid-2018 era by Lil Darky, who was making music under the name Brahman with a group called NCR at the time. Darkie formed the Spiders after falling out with his original group and original members, Black, Brahman God, Cubensis, Cubensis, Cub- not 100% sure on that one, Solsa and Wendigo, Spider game music videos typically feature a group of friends screaming incoherent nonsense. This is not... I didn't write that. It's something what someone else said. Screaming incoherent nonsense in front of a poorly edited green screen or highly edited 3D models and computer generated editing or a single long shot of each member rapping. their verses. Mason, I am a big fucking piece of shit, dumbass idiot. I forgot what the Mercedes Valuable Player is. What is it? Can you please explain it to me? Yes,
1: so it is a special award that we give out to uh, something in the topic of discussion that kind of makes the album, the movie, whatever we're talking about, what it is. Um, We named it after Mercedes Ruel uh, from Married to the Mob and her... Uh, Pulitzer Prize winning performance Or Nobel Peace Prize winning performance As Connie in that film Um, Right, right, right It can be a song It could be an element of the production It could be anything you want So, Austin, as the guest of honor here Who, what, or which is your Mercedes valuable player today?
3: Uh, Yeah, Um, I would say uh, the song Since 96, 96 version two is definitely the best track um, on the album. Uh, It contains like a kind of coherent like story to it. Like once you listen, it's like a story about like a delusional paranoid, like murderer essentially. Um, And so, yeah, I I give it to that song.
1: Awesome. Maren.
2: Me. Um... Hmm. Come back to me. Can I do that?
0: Come back. Yeah, we can come back to yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, we can come back to you. Mason?
2: Uh I'm actually
1: going to go with Chef Austin on this one. I think Synth V96 What's it called? <laughs> synth 96 V2 B2. is the kind of uh most I guess accessible song on this album. If we could if we could use that adjective. Um and the one that really just made me kind of like bop and get with its kind of uh its its vibe in the i guess easiest easiest way even though i really admired and appreciated this 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 album and this project as a whole noah who what, or which what? is yours mercedes valuable player
0: Yup, here we go Yup, uh for me gonna be the hip-hop influence that is heard Uh, on this track, or excuse me, not on this track, but in this project altogether. Because I'm not uh, super big on what's going on here, so it's a little bit slim pickings for me, specifically. But also, and this is going to sound like a diss, but it's not, the fact that it's only 25 minutes long is, like, cool. Because I think that there's this thought, especially in the gaming world but it can translate over into other other you know sectors and other mediums, that if something is longer, then it is inherently more interesting or better, possibly. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is some great stuff out there that is not a 60-hour video game. Sometimes video games are five hours, and they're great. Sometimes movies are less than 90 minutes, and they're great. Short films are great. Just because something isn't as long as it typically would be, maybe doesn't mean that it's not worth pursuing. So I'm going to give it to the fact that making a 25-minute album is kind of cool. You get in late, you get out early. That's cool. Let's go. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Marin, ding, ding, ding. Okay. Ha, ha, ha. Okay,
2: I'm up. Um, I'm going to pick the song Chaos Philosophy is Mercedes valuable player. I really love simp 96 v2 as well i actually have a song that i didn't listen to off this album um that much before um this pod i don't think i ever listened to this album all the way through until austin picked this for this pod like i'm certainly a john Estes fan but usually i would just kind of listen to like one or two songs of theirs put them on a playlist kind of mix it all up I am not as much of an album listener as I used to be. And so that song I kind of uh, fell in love with a lot more like listening to to it again, both the Synth ninety six and Chaos Philosophy. They're they're good tunes. And they they give me spicy and scary feeling.
0: All right. Austin. Do you recommend this album?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Full recommend. Um <laughs> If after you're done listening to this, if you're interested in hearing more, I definitely recommend Shoot Up the Amazon Warehouse. And then I recommend the album from last year that's called – it's called like Untitled 1 through 7 Plus 10 or something like that. Uh, really, really, really good album. Probably better than this album, but it's impossible to talk about and it's an hour long. Uh, so that's why I went with this album instead. Um, so, yeah. But full and just to be clear
0: – you recommend the song Shoot Up the Amazon Warehouse. Oh, you recommend yeah, that, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> In, yeah, the, on the, on the record, you recommend the song Shoot Up the Amazon Warehouse. I right, just want right, to make right, that right, very right, clear right. for any right. uh, NSA agents <laughs> listening to this podcast <laughs> or this Zoom call right now. Uh, Maren, do you recommend this album?
2: Um, Yes and no. I recommend this album, this is, like, already your type of music. I don't think it's a good, like, kind of entry point into, like, the type of music that Jassius is making. I think it's, like, fairly inaccessible for most of the runtime, to be quite honest. But if you are into, like, kind of the weird, noisy side of things, or you like some contemporary, like, hyper-pop artists, like, you're like, oh, well... Hyperop's new they're all contemporary but um if you like like 100 gex or whatever and you like like some of their like heavier songs and you're like i wish like 100 gex like got more scary than i think gen this album some of their singles some of their other work is really worth a spin because they also have really cool music videos like i meant we mentioned shoot up the amazon warehouse this song many times but um what's it called um they have like "Sad Satan LSD," which is a really fun kind of internet-y music video of theirs, which is a treat to watch. So, yes, if it's your thing, listen to it. If it's not, I wouldn't bother.
0: It's it sounds like that is what we call on this show a conditional recommend, okay. which is what I will okay. be giving this album as well. I'm going to be giving it a conditional recommend as well. You know if you're you know if this is going to be your thing, basically from the jump. If it's not your thing. Don't listen to it. If you're interested, listen to it. If this is your thing and you haven't heard this for some reason, all aboard the freight! All aboard the crazy train on choo this choo. one, folks! Choo choo! <laughs> ah, we're going off the rails, <laughs> Mason. Mason, no, we're going off the rails on a crazy train. I'm no! already falling off no. the What do you think, Mason? Are you recommending this fucking album or not? I am with this is going to be three quarters conditional
1: recommend by that. I mean, conditional recommend for me as well, because like we said, if this, if from this discussion, you can tell that this is something that you are super interested in and is not on your radar, definitely check it out. But if you don't know anything about hyper pop or if you haven't heard Death Grips by some by some chance, um start definitely start like with hundred Gex or with um with death grips. But if you're if you want them to be if if you've heard both of those acts and you're like, what if this sounded like that, or what if like I could go like go a little deeper and get something that was like super aggressive, something that was um, you know, just a little nastier, a little more confrontational, a little more Agro is going to be your beat um, but I definitely uh, would not recommend this to someone who I didn't think was already interested in this music. Um, so that's why it's getting a
0: conditional recommendo from <laughs> Yeah, let's go yeah. Woo! And that sound means it's time to talk about the movie. <laughs> that's All what right that Sound means on the show and that movie is provided to us today. By Marin.
2: By, me. By, me. by Marin.
0: By our friend Marin. Marin, what movie is it?
2: Okay, um, I can introduce it. I really, I typed something up so I would say the correct information because I, oh. I will often say wrong things. Like I realized earlier, oh. I think I said a band was called. Um, American baseball. I meant modern baseball. If I got to mix that up wrong. with American Don't come football, for me, men. I did. <laughs> yeah. I did. Don't come for me, men. Please, please. <laughs> I respect your your culture and your music very much. It was sh- not an intentional First dig. First and foremost, to, thank you for saying make it out loud. Fun thank of you. your group's titles, but okay. Yeah. So, I brought the film "Over the Edge." "Over the Edge" is a movie from 1979, directed by Jonathan Kaplan, starring Michael Kramer. Pamela Ludwig, and Matt Dillon in his first ever movie role. Let's go. It's based on a San Francisco Examiner article, Mouse Packs, Kids on a Crime Spree, about suburban kids in a planned community engaging in petty crime. And basically, since it was a planned suburban community, the population of people under 18 was super high. So it was a bunch of like little kids running around that were super bored and didn't really have anything to do in this kind of bedroom community, which was basically just houses and convenience stores and what have you. So these kids are really pissed and the movie is apparently um really accurate except for the ending, which we can get into later cuz the ending is bananas. And uh
0: this shit that's over is the bananas. B A N A N A S. this shit <laughs> is bananas. Uh Austin, you still with me?
3: Oh, I'm here. What up?
0: Oh, what's up, baby? Here we go. Uh, had you watched this movie before? Maren wanted to bring it on? Had you guys watched this together? Had you watched it on your own? Or is this brand new?
3: Yeah, we watched it I, not that long ago. Only a few months ago, I, I feel like. Um, Hell yeah. We watched it then. I I liked it. Um, Maren puts on movies all the time, and I'm, I'm sometimes a sleepy boy because of work. Um, so I yeah. think this was a movie that I sort of passed out towards the end during the first time through. Uh, a lot more awake the second time and really enjoyed it again the second time.
0: That is something, uh, you are a kindred spirit with me, my man. If it's if I'm putting on a movie past, say, 9 o'clock, even, hell, we'll say 8 p.m., I'm done. I'm done. Exactly. For. I'm going to yeah. fall asleep during that fucker. That's happened to me so many times where I'll be like, do I log this because I watched a little more than half of it? Do I not? Do I even fucking bother go back? It's a, it's something that people like you and me have to contend with on a daily basis. We're the most crucified people in the world because of it. So I They're appreciate subtle. you uh, speaking your truth on that one, and I'm here with you, baby. Solidarity you. on that. Mason, my ki- my kiss friend, my kiss partner. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <mwah>. Hello. Oh, there he is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, any history with this at all?
1: part of the ending before, if you could believe it. What? In my senior year of high school, um, I, for one half of my lunch period, I was, or maybe, it doesn't matter, but I was working in the speech team office, just, like, kind of hanging around, making copies of materials, answering the phone for the speech teacher, because my school had... If my school was, like known for one thing it was because like our speech team won state basically every single year like oh, yeah wow. we were a very well known uh and feared he, he he speech team particularly our 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 coach um who's a very intense woman uh i will not dox her she is retired she's enjoying her retirement and good for her but she also was an english teacher and she was kind of in like that You know, uh, that tenured, about-to-retire English teacher space when I was working for her working i wasn't getting paid i was just like you know sitting on the computer browsing through slash film most of the time but she was teaching this class uh,
2: okay re- really quick though i went to a tiny weirdo high school and i don't know what being a speech team really entails is that like a debate team oh, basically
1: yeah like wow. we
2: had we Let's only go. had one, we had robotics and we had like ultimate frisbee i don't
1: know yo you guys in
3: <laughs> robotics
2: yeah yeah i went to dorky crazy weirdo Austin high school it head. was like in an old elementary school and it was just like all us like weird bitches and stoners and dorky kids just vibing out we didn't have sports except for ultimate frisbee
1: wow so that sounds pretty anyways
2: cool. Austin was so shaking I his just, head at that was <laughs> yeah he went to normal high school he went to we normal did have but pe-
3: well, we kind of had speech though i was in junior statesman of america which was kind of it was a mix of like speech and debate gotcha yeah. gotcha yeah. In any case,
1: my teacher.
2: Austin's te- better than me.
1: So, this teacher had a class that I was, um, like, the class that she was teaching while I was in the the office. Wait, was, you
2: didn't tell me what speech was. Oh, <laughs> shit. Let's go, Sorry.
0: Marin,
1: pin him to the fucking wall. Let's go. Uh, you would just, like, Sorry, just... you would uh, either, uh, there are a bunch of different <laughs> events that you could do. Um, and it would be like, you could do extemporaneous speaking. So you would have like 45 minutes to prepare a speech about a, a topic. Um, or there was impromptu speaking where you would have like a couple minutes in a round to like get a a speech together and like kind of give it up on the fly. Uh, I did the kind of more acting events. I did humorous interpretation and humorous do it acting, um and also did this event called oc which was original comedy where you had to write and perform your own original comedy and do like all the characters um there's dramatic versions of h.i of humorous interp and and humorous duet acting di dda it was it was it was a lot of stuff like like that and my teacher was very um intense with that really wanted uh we had practice every single day i didn't practice every single day i kind of fucked around with my friends every single day and i wasn't very good at speech uh, as a consequence but i would get up at 5 a.m every saturday for the first half of the school year and go to competitions anyways what
0: i wish you said things like that more often that is so fucking funny i didn't practice every day i fucked around with my friends every single day um so
1: good, bro. uh yes. but i would just like to kind of knock out uh like a like some time that i had during the day or whatever i would like volunteer for uh and again like I said like there wasn't any like kind of strenuous activity is <laughs> as, as it, like to do this it was just like sitting around making copies sometimes answering the phone if it rang most of the times I was just like reading or like browsing slash film like I said but she taught this class called voices from the edge and there was one which was really just like I think reading like one flew over the cuckoo's nest and like stuff like that and there's like one part of that that semester or whatever, however long class, where students would come in and, like, share clips from movies or TV shows or albums or something and be like, oh, this is a voice from The Edge. And one of the kids brought in a clip from Over the Edge, and it was, like, the last, like, PTA meeting at the end of this movie. Um, and I remember watching it and be like, this movie looks really cool. Oh, I remember one movie, actually, <laughs> that she showed in class was Pump Up the Volume, if you could believe it. So I remember the first time I saw the movie Pump Up the Volume was... Because I was, like, sitting in, in uh, the little office part, like, kind of peeking into the room and watching um, that Christian Slater classic. So I had seen parts of this movie before, and then I, like, looked it up after, but i never seen it until Marin brought it onto the show. So that's the, the the long and short of my experience with this. Noah, did you have any history with this movie here?
0: Uh, mostly long of it, if we're being real. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, just a joke. It was just a joke. I love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ooh, <come here. laughs> uh, no, actually, I have I had never even heard of this movie. Straight up, hell yeah, like brand new to me. And, Marin, I love this movie. Yay! I love Over the Edge from nineteen seventy-nine.
2: This movie too king, but we'll get into it.
0: We'll get get into it. But this This movie is unreal. This is like the shit. (laughs) I love (laughs) this fucking movie. I wanna say this straight up off the bat. Maybe I have to imagine this was like a part of it, but the thing. That really puts this over the edge for me. Oh, yo. Movie. <laughs> he said the he name said of the, the movie. Fucking, <laughs> he said the fucking name of the movie. Where is it? Is it going to go? What the fuck? It's a seventeen long, 17-second 17 video, and the, the air horn is only at the beginning. That is so fucked up. He said the name of it in the fucking podcast. The... <laughs> Shut up, bro. Come on. Come on now. Come on now, Mason. I'm doing my best over here. Come here. those cheekies. Give us a fucking room, Marin and Austin. Give us a fucking room. I have to fucking kiss this man. I have to lay him down on the bed and kiss all over his body. Um, Thank you, Austin. Yeah, thanks, Austin, for blocking your screen on that. I would let you in. I'd let you in to take a look. Um, and Marin too. I'd let you both in to just take a quick look and then I'd uh, push you out and i say, get out of here, stupid. Get out of here, stupid. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> And then I'd invite everyone, I'd say, Rocky, Thomas, Sienna, get in here. Watch me kiss Mason up and down. Mason's speech teacher from high school, get on in here. Watch him kiss, watch me give little kisses to your friend, to your little worker boy. I'm going to go up and down. Anyway.
3: Anyway. Fuck. Fuck.
0: What really puts this movie over the edge, I'll play it again, <laughs> for me, is how shitty everything looks. Yeah. yeah. The houses and buildings look like dog shit. The environment looks like dog shit. Their clothes look like dog shit. It is apocalyptic the vision of this movie in a very quiet way. Yeah. And I love that.
2: I was really surprised it wasn't um, filmed in California because it totally looks like kind of like sparse, kind of like I'm from, you know, like Sacramento area. It's Northern California. It's like kind of like Central California. So kind of rural. And like those, those apartments that the kids are in and kind of the condos with those sloped patios, like, That looks exactly like the shit that I remember running through as a kid. And what's really fun is that, like, generationally, like, the kids in this movie, they're, like, my parent, they're, like, my parents' generation, you know? So it's, like, in that era. Like, my parents, you know, latchkey kids, running around, fucking around, being crazy, telling stories to me about, like, they were kind of like these kids, you know? Just, like, running around, no parents, being chaotic, and it's just, like it was it was just a treat seeing that being captured. So, that's that's my little response. I
1: uh I felt the exact same way that you did actually Marin. Um there are mountains in this movie that you can just kind of make out so you can tell it's not quite in the Midwest like where I grew up, but I just the the layout of this community and how it's just the highway is like just there. Um mm-hmm. and the fact that there's just these like awful samey looking houses just in the middle of a fucking field with nothing to do in them and nowhere to go just reminded me of like so many communities that were like around me where i grew up or where i had like Mm -hmm. family or that i would just like pass on the highway like on my way to visit family like kind of a little farther west into the state um but I think that that, like, kind of goes to that, like, apocalyptic vision that Noah mentioned, that it's just any, like, Austin, did you have, like, any place that looked like New Granada uh, in Washington or even in, in around uh, Philadelphia?
3: Like, did it seem kind of familiar to you that way? Well, yes, to, to some degree, I, I, you know, Washington is a pretty distinct looking area with just, like, the fucking forests and everything yeah. instead of, like, this, like, clear open land. But, like, where I grew up in Eatonville, um, it's definitely, like, a rural community. A lot of rich people who move out there for, like, similar reasons to, like, the people in this movie where they're trying to, like, you know, escape the city. There's that right. one scene where the guy mentions that whole, like, thing. Um, but um, rich people and then also people just kind of pretending to be rich and living in, like, these really shitty, like, McMansiony sort of houses mm. and shit like that. Um I lived in a pretty normal house like bill in like the 80s or so. Yeah, I lived in a normal house. Um, <laughs> no, in the 80s or so. Um and but like down the road from us uh, was the airport in Eatonville, the little airstrip, and right next to that they were trying to build an intentional like pilots community, I guess, because you had your fucking nice. mansion house and then you have your little hangar right next to it, and you could drive your uh your airplane down yeah. the, like cold the <laughs> strip down to the uh so down to sad. the airstrip. Never took off because no one wanted to like have an airplane and live in Eatonville. So like it never took <laughs> off. You could just drive to. Eatonville. It never took off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Uh-oh. All right, hold on. It never took off, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, baby. There was a, let's fucking there go. There's
1: a, uh, a community not like very similar to that, like where right around where I grew up actually, and I had a couple friends that lived there, and one of my uh friend's dad's like actually had an airplane like a little like kind of Cessna one engine thing um yeah and for her graduation party he like got a small like we would hang we were hanging out at the house or whatever uh but there's he took a couple of us up like to kind of just like get up and like kind of survey survey the area in the one engine engine
0: plane yeah See where you're going to fucking drop a nuke when you fucking eat yeah. that. Fucking yeah, damn. dude. Nuke's going to go right there your your parents are going to fucking be decimated immediately and then the aftershock will fucking expound outward. So everyone needs to get the fuck out of here right now. Um I
2: it's I just have sorry, I just Marin. have to say with the with the last yes. point cuz I think all three of you maybe use the word apocalyptic and just like one of the big plot points in the film is that the kids are hanging out in like abandoned parts of the development. And I just think that's another really cool part. Because well,
1: yes. what, yeah. When all if, my
2: parents, parents, and step parents talked about like this would be like being little kids in the 70s and talking about just like playing in just like these abandoned houses that were like never finished. And so it was cool to just like nails see a piece fucking of media. sticking
0: up out of the fucking yeah, ground, yeah, out of the wall, like, just fucking die any minute.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I remember, like, doing, like, because um, the neighborhood that I ended up, like, moving in with my mom, like, when my, like, parents got divorced, like, there was, like, a sort of suburb, like, next to it that totally, like, looked super, like, new Granada, and just, like, there were, like, kind of semi-finished houses that we would kind of, like, be naughty and poke around in, and so that just, that was just an element that I really loved in the film. Like, we, we can get into it more, but I just, I really like this movie. I'm glad you all liked it, too.
3: When I, I read really, my little really like oven. When okay. I visit my little cousins who are, like, uh, elementary school age still, that's what we do. We go fucking walk around abandoned, house, abandoned construction. They're like, oh, yeah, we know the person that owns this. They don't mind. And,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Well,
1: one of my favorite... Yeah. Urban yeah. exploring. <laughs> one of my favorite, like, just elements in this movie was the one-room schoolhouse that was just in the parking lot of the high school. Um, that they just, like, kind of painted all white and built, like, the school around it instead of, like, tearing it down or anything like that, because it was just, like, this kind of, like, ghostly, like, I was reading it as just, like, this kind of, like, ghostly reminder of, like, a, com- like, a kind of, me- I don't know if functional is the right word, but kind of a more traditional, I guess, community where there was, like, this kind of small meeting place, like, a place where the kids could, could go and learn, Um, and, you know, I'm thinking actually about, like, there's a, a, Uh, an elementary school in a suburb next to mine that had like their old one room schoolhouse still up and like open for like tours, like maybe once uh, in in, like part of the week, like on their campus there. Um, But like, and that's just like such like, I guess maybe an ironic symbol or, or image or whatever, because they're like so much of this movie is the adults like trying to like, Progress is the wrong word because they're just, like, so, so short-sighted and, like, the goal of all the adults is just, or, like, the, the main adults in, the, in this movie are just to, like, get returns back on their, their property, like, the kind of the property value of this. Um,
0: uh, Well, it's a, it's a difference in perspective of what freedom is yeah. at a certain age. You know, the adults think that <laughs> this thing, this operation, you know, whatever, that new plaza or whatever that they're trying to build up, that's going to allow them more freedom because they're going to have more money, they're going to own property, you're going to have all those things that in theory give you more freedom. What the kid's perspective, and maybe the one that I'm a little bit more in line with and why I thought it was so awesome, is that it that to, to them the freedom is, no, let us be who we are, don't restrict our shit. Give us a movie know, theater and a freedom. bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Relatable. Let us fucking...
0: Be kids, let us, you know, figure let us fucking fall down and fucking try and figure our shit out. I remember being in elementary school and like middle school and less so in high school, but even still a little bit and just being like so afraid of getting in trouble. So there's some wish fulfillment in this movie mm-hmm. of watching these kids just like get absolutely just rammed by not only, like, the school, but also parents, but also, the you know, the cops and everything. And they're just, like, fully anti-cop in this movie. Just, it's like, so full sick. on. There's no, Sheriff there's Doberman. no, Sheriff like,
2: Doberman, hello? <laughs> yeah, that
0: guy is such a piece of shit. He's so fucking insane. And they're just so forward with it. There's no, like, oh, what's actually going on here? Do they actually have respect for these people? It's like, no, fuck them. They're fucking enforcing these... Things that are bullshit that are restricting our liberties and our freedoms, you know, ultimately at the end of the day. And that's what I thought was so cool is that it's like, no, this is like true, they're striving for true freedom here, these kids. They're striving for true, like, honesty in the way that they want to live their lives, not the way the adults have told them they need to live their lives, not the way society has told them they need to live their lives, but in the way that they want to continue to live their lives going forward. And I thought that was so awesome. And so it's kind of unexpected when the movie first starts. I thought this was going to be more of just like a hangout type thing, like Dazed and Confused-esque, but it's really not. I mean, it is at a certain level, like when they're just sort of like being with each other and like learning about like what they want, you know, out of their lives. But there's some really beautiful sentiments about freedom and societal what the illusion of that and you know what actually is going on I thought it was beautiful truly I truly thought that it was like a beautiful sentiment that like sneaks up on you that was cool
2: Sorry. totally Sorry. I couldn't agree more like I realized when I brought this film forth because it was one of the ones where it's like there's certainly like I love movies I could have brought like a lot of different things but I immediately like what movie do you want to talk about over the edge And I realized that every film that I both, like, talked about and brought on on this podcast so far is a coming-of-age film. Even Young Adult, I would say, like, is kind of, like, fucking with being a coming-of-age movie. And it's just a delayed coming-of-age, an adult woman who has not grown up yet. And I'm like, why do you, like, love these movies? Like, I mean, I remember um, I was watching, like, My So-Called Life, and Austin was, like, making fun of me. And he was all like, why do you, like, like all your, like, high school shows, like, high school movies? And... I just, I, I love, like, the coming-of-age journey, because I think, like, we should always, like, ask ourselves those questions, like, throughout our lives. Like, obviously, like, I'm still, like, a very young person. You know, I'm in, like, my 20s, but I, I don't know. Like, who who you want to be in society, like, who you want to be in relationships. And I also love that, like, all the, the this film, it, it is, like, totally about, like, authority and power and, like, how you want to relate to those institutions and, like, how, like... I don't know, they, like, bring people down, so I was like, hell yeah, as far as, um, that aspect, because I was kind of like, ugh, I'm bringing, like, all these, like, high school movies, and, and, but, um, I don't know, I just love it, and- We
1: love it. I, to that point about, like, who you, like, who you want to be in society, like, I love that this movie- you know it's told from like the kids perspective and there's some like great like just just kids in this movie um but totally. but i love that it's not like they're not uniformly all rebels um or like not uniformly all like i guess quote unquote bad kids like there's that one kid that just fucking narks on, um, the, uh, 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 like, like Nargson is like basically like a, an informant for, for the, the two police officer (laughs) police department there. Um, like this is just such a good, like just drama, I think in its construction of these characters. Cause I think like they're so unique in their, their personalities, but they never, like the kids never feel like archetypes or, or stereotypes or anything uh, at all and their relationships feel so true to the environment that they live in and uh and same with like the parents too um but i also love that it just like kind of has this this interesting i think perspective on all of the 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 characters and and is very smart about like how these people operate in this this world that they've created um you know where the adults the men specifically, like, there's that guy with the... the, I forget his name. He's, like, either the mayor or something. He has that awful head of hair and that old car that he just loves. Yeah. You know the guy I'm talking about. You know that motherfucker. I think he's um,
2: the, um, the like, president of, like, the homeowners association or something. Because he's the one you're... that's yeah. really pushing with Carl's dad. Like, no, we're cutting the cord on... I, I feel like... We, let me just uh, give a little plot context before yes. before you continue. The big struggle with the kids are they have the rec center and that's their one place that they can go play games and listen to records and play on the playground for the little kids and the woman who runs it is she looks about like college age you know and that's like the one place for the kids to go where they can have fun in this town and there's a place across the street from the rec center that the kids um the kids were told was going to be turned into like a bowling alley and like a movie theater and it's not and the main kid's dad the main kid carl his dad is working with the leader of the homeowners association to turn it into a business park and then subsequently um get rid of the rec center and make the kids have um less shit to do in this community so that's kind of the initial source of tension Mm
0: -hmm.
1: just
2: getting that out there because i realized we didn't talk about the plot at all no we're (laughs) just (laughs) yeah so so
0: just that that context
2: that context no it's important
0: it's important Austin, my sweetheart, in the what is the top left corner of the screen for me, because that's how I have my Zoom configured. Austin and Mason mm-hmm. are on stacked on top of each other. Austin's on top. Mason's on bottom. Cause I'm giving you a little if Mason high was five wearing his glasses, <laughs> <laughs> If Mason was wearing his glasses, that would be an unstoppable. There we go, baby. Let's fucking get that. Ooh, let's get wow. that up in here. Wow. Let's get that going let's on. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, am I seeing double? Oh, the, oh, oh, no, whoa, that's just my whoa, friends. Whoa. That's just my two different friends. What the fuck? Uh, Austin, my friend, what do you like about this movie? What's going on yeah, for you? Absolutely. What do you like? What do you not
3: like? Um. Well, so, uh, Maren, what you were just getting at with the whole uh, plot, focusing around the rec center, essentially being the only thing that these teens have, that these kids have. And then the broken promises of what was supposed to come to town. Um, Growing up in a rural town, like I definitely get the whole like for as far as after school shit, what was there to do? There was be involved in sports or there was, you know, the rec the community center, the rec center, uh where they had dodgeball some night to play. And there was a couple, you know, there was like fuck around with kids at the skate park and do like things that you're not supposed to do, essentially. Um and so like you know you often end up doing the last category and just do shit you're not supposed to do Mm. and go like rate shit and go do drugs and you know have fun and that's fine and like if if the kids in the movie had the bowling alley and the arcade like they would still get involved in shit that you're not supposed to do because that's part of being a kid and like growing up and shit and like testing boundaries and shit but like you know it, it definitely gets to the point in the movie where you know when when the rec center the one thing that they have is taken away like what's left to do besides like fucking riot at that point and I love that about the movie um the other thing I really love about this movie is it is a lot of like teen and kid actors in it and so like when they go to like the party at the kid's house where the kid's parents are in Reno for the weekend mm-hmm. um such a good like, scene you- the the scenes in that i just like it just feels like flashbacks of going to a kid's house and going down the stairs into the party and just like you know seeing your friends like talking seeing people like fucking making out the one kid who just like does like all of the drugs that anyone will hand him like immediately i wrote all of it was just like so reminiscent i I loved it it was so good the
1: the carter moon of this movie is that little boy
3: (laughs) Who was one
1: of my favorite yeah. characters who I just just made me so happy anytime he showed up. The little t- the the toe headed kid that was always in overalls. I is he Claude was his name? I don't know. He was
0: awesome.
2: Claude, yeah. I think it was
0: Claude. Claude Zachary, baby.
2: That um, kid rocks.
0: I I wanna say this. My Z Von I'm holding it in my hand right here. The Z Von award for this film goes to Mr. Michael Kramer. As Carl. Yeah. That kid did not do, as far as I could tell, a lot after this movie. I think he did some things here and there. But he didn't really go on to have a long career as an actor, from what I could tell. And that's very disappointing to me. I think he is truly the emotional core of this film. He's really good. Like, in, in no uncertain terms. The moment... At the end of the film, we're going to spoil the movie. Congratulations. Watch this movie. Beep, beep. But we're going to spoil it. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, no, hold on. Let me, I got you. Hold up. We're going to spoil this movie. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. But, yeah, hell yeah, bro. We're spoiling it. We're going air horn mode. Uh, what if my dick was an air horn? Let's think about that for just <laughs> one second of I our be lives. i jealous, wow. man. Wow. Yeah, I'd be fucking honking on that thing all night. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's go. Let's get that honker out. Get Wake my neighbors up. I just met my neighbor for the first time in this apartment complex. Super nice dude. Amazing painter. Never going to talk to him, though. Um, <laughs> 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 just amazing painter. Super nice dude. Um, in Michael Kramer's performance at the end of this movie, when they are trying to destroy the school and destroy as much property as they can, He has this look on his face that just says, I don't know if we've gone too far or not. I don't know if what we are doing here is worth it. like He has that moment of like, oh shit, we are really doing this. And I felt for him in that moment of like, you think that all that anger that you're feeling about this and then it's happening and you're like, I can't believe we're doing this. Is this going to be worth it? Is this, ha- like, we had all that shit planned out, and now we're doing it, and I don't know if this is going to make any change. And I felt so bad for him in that moment, like, truly, like, man, oh, man. His life's going to be so different after this, regardless. And he's now, like, having a little bit of buyer's remorse, so to speak, about this moment to go through with what is, like, an unreversible thing. That these kids are doing, you know, they're doing it and then it's and then it happens and it's over. And there is that little bit of graduateness at the end of the movie. They're all in the bus and he's got that look on his face and he's just like, I guess this was worth it, you know, I guess. But he's not sure. And it's heartbreaking. But, you know, as an audience member, he did the right. thing. I think he did the right thing ultimately. But he doesn't know. It's so sad. And he's such a good actor.
2: No, he's I couldn't Z-mon. agree he
0: gets more. Smart. Thank you, bro. I think Thank he's so you. You I that. think
2: he's so excellent. I remember I was just randomly when I was logging this movie on Letterboxd, I was like randomly like scrolling through other people's reviews. A lot of people were like, Oh, like Matt Dillon's so great and the main kid was kind of like oh hum. But I think if like Matt Dillon was the main kid, like uh it, Matt Dillon plays Richie, the best friend of the main kid, Carl, who um comes from a more like working class part of the suburb and like already like has like an extensive criminal history and is definitely like much more bold and impulsive than Carl. But I think like if he was the star of the film, it would lose certain qualities because I think the thread like going through the film is like we're really seeing Carl for the first time kind of push boundaries. Like that's the source Absolutely, of the tension. Yeah. Between his parents, you know, where, like, you get the sense that he's kind of this, like, good kid feels too vague and broad, but a kid that, you know, wasn't really, like, getting in trouble when he was younger, not really getting sent to the principal's office, nothing like that. And all of a sudden, the parents are all, like, we see you hanging around this Richie, and he's running into his room, and it's such a good scene. The soundtrack in this movie is so sick. It's Incredible. So perfect. I perfect. Surrender? I am so, like, sent... <laughs> yes, I love that song. I've loved that song since I was a little kid. I'm so sensitive to just like soundtracks in teen movies, like not like sitting quite right or being like, mm, like sure, mm-hmm. that's like car commercial music or like,
0: like what adults think teens would want in a yeah. movie, like not what teens would actually want in a movie. So yeah, to speak. like
2: I no. honestly feel like I probably would have liked the movie Booksmart if it didn't have a shitty soundtrack. I'm not saying the music in it is shitty. I like some of those songs. But, like, there's certain scenes where it's, like, they just play a song that's just wrong.
1: You think it was just, like, like they they on play, too like, much, like, Discover Weekly mode, and it wasn't, like, kind of curated yeah, to the characters? well, like,
2: there, there's a scene where, like, the annoying boy, like, rolls up, and they're playing, like, I-seen footage by Death Grips, and it's, like, he would not be listening to that song. Like, that is just, like, it, it felt wrong. Like, I'm, like, if he's playing a Death Grips song... I don't know, I can play, like, guillotine or something. I don't know. Like, it just, like, it felt like, oh, the, the person, like, watching over the soundtrack for this film just clicked on the most popular Death Grip song on Spotify and was like, oh, you listen to that. And just, like, other little parts in the film where I was just like, what the hell is happening? This was, like, the reverse... The reverse of that with the music where, you know, when they're playing, like, there's a lot of cheap trick on the soundtrack, and when they're rocking up to a party and, like, the cars are playing, and it's just like, mm, yes, like, this this doesn't feel intrusive at all. This feels like what would actually be playing, and granted, I was not there, I was not alive yet when this film was made, but still... It but mason was like, like
0: turning 25 years old when this yeah movie was yeah coming out so yeah, yeah so mason yeah. would
2: know but like i i read mason from the uh the people that like made this film how a lot of the soundtrack like really came from like what the actors were listening to and i think that's such like a good thread in like so many movies with like good soundtracks you know like clueless or just like sort of different things the director is like super open to like what the young people are fucking with and this movie definitely clueless
0: has such clueless is so good clueless has yeah, such like a it, good it, soundtrack bro it
2: always just like hits right it's never distracting it's never like would they be listening to that like paul red's character listening to radiohead makes complete sense anyways anyways so the, the the kid goes and he's listening to music on his headphones and you just use there's a lot of great moments with the main character where you're seeing him even with just a look on his face, just, like, so much contemplation on, like, what he's totally. going to do. And his relationship with his peers and his parents are just, like, rapidly changing, you know? And it, it, 100%. It, it's throughout, like, the whole film. And it's really lovely and really powerful. And I, I think he's... And there's, so like, good. no... I couldn't agree more, Noah. There's
0: Thank you, bro. I agree 100% with what you're saying as well. The There is no... Bullshit in the storytelling of this movie, either. It Mm -hmm. is 95 minutes long. The movie starts. You know what's going on. You can feel the tension build and build and build in very, like, it's happening, but you're not feeling it until they want you to really feel it. And I think that's always the mark of, like, a great. Storyteller is that they feel, you feel the thing they want you to feel when they want you to feel. It doesn't come too early. It doesn't come too late. It's happening right when they want you to. And it builds and keeps building to a point where it has to burst. It's super well-made. Like, Jonathan Kaplan, his most well-known other movie came like nine years later with The Accused starring Miss Jodie Foster and everything. Never seen it. Don't have like a huge, it's not high priority for me. Mm -hmm. But Jonathan Kaplan didn't do really a lot Else, that's like well known besides. I mean, this isn't even that well known of a movie, but it should be, you know. So, I don't know what well, happened there. Maybe he was like an asshole or something. In your
2: research, was. did you like get get into a lot of like the history of like the distribution of this movie? Like, did you like stumble upon any of that when you were looking for like fast facts? Because I can enlighten you a little yeah, bit, I got a little but bit I don't want to be redundant.
0: No, I got a little bit of it, but you go for it. It's more your okay. Go for it,
2: okay? Because I like okay. When I when I like watched this movie like uh that my biggest reaction was mostly just like it's it's like a perfect teen movie to me and sure. I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of like teen coming of age teen rebellion movies and like the hanging out parts are like prime like if the whole movie was just hanging out it'd be really good like I remember like Austin talked about like the party scene and them going down the stairs and just the part where they're like at the park and I was just like my whole big thought was just like dazed and confused like wishes. Like this <laughs> is this is what all those movies like want to be. And so and then of course it has this like crazy like thriller plot kind of throughout it, but it never like becomes too crazy. And so I was just super enamored with this movie and I was like, why is this not a standard? And I guess it really got censored because when it came out, it was around the time that The Warriors came out and there was a lot of controversy with that film. and there was basically a lot of stigma being attached to it because it's like a quote unquote, like teen gang movie, teen violence movie. And so it kind of got buried and it wasn't put on a lot of um, screens and it when it was shown, it was kind of given like an exploitation film sort of veneer like i read an interview which hmm. i forget which actor said but he like saw the poster and he's like what the hell like the poster is like stark white and has like paintings of these like really creepy like children of the corn looking type kids looking at you like yeah like, yeah a spooky poster the tagline is and watch the- out
1: for children <laughs>
2: Yeah, like it's 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 a horror esque poster. It's very like horror exploitation looking, and like I watched the old trailer for it, and it definitely emphasizes the ending where they destroy the school. So this movie was like marketed like an exploitation film when it was shown, at all. But I I think it's really it's really ripe for like a resurgence with our generation because i mean i found out about it because when i was in junior high i was like super into nirvana and found out that um this is one of kurt cobain's oh, favorite movies and this movie wow. really inspired the "Smells Like Teen Spirit" music video. Sorry if that was a fastback, but um, that's how I found out about it. Is. It.
0: <laughs> it is, But that's okay. That's Sorry. actually better. Sorry, when the guest but, um, it. no, no, no. It's, it's actually yeah, better. No. It's actually better when the guest says it. So it's actually oh, better.
2: well. It's actually better. Well, there you go. There you go. So, so that's how I found out about it, and. I don't I don't know. Like I think it just needs like more more of a push and that's why I was like, Oh fuck yeah, I really wanna like talk about this on the podcast and just have like another tangible thing, a thing to share around, something for people to listen to to just like put out into the world and be like, Hey, like watch this movie, like you might love it, you know.
0: Absolutely. I love I love when movies either for younger people or media and just like entertainment and art for younger people doesn't treat them like little kids or like younger Mm -hmm. people. I like when it treats them with respect and treats them like grownups. I think Neil Gaiman's really good at that. Um, I think there's lots of, you know, examples of that and there's lots of examples of them not treating younger people and, you know, people, teens and whatever with respect and with a level of maturity because I even remember being a kid, and I don't, couldn't obviously articulate it at the time. But I was more drawn to stuff that had a darker side to it, even as a kid. And, you know, knock them all you want as a company if you really want. But some of those Disney movies are amazing because they go there. Fantasia goes to some dark places. Bambi goes to some dark places. You know, all of those classic animated ones that really stick with you, I think, go to dark places. Even Cinderella goes to dark places with the fact that she gets treated like shit by the rest of her family. And that's awesome, you know, as a viewer to be like, holy shit, that she's being, you know, fucking, you know, she's literally being kicked around, you know, being made to clean up after people. But it hits. It fucking hits, to quote Drill. Oh, that hits, (laughs) you know? Oh, that hits (laughs) from our boy Drill. So I love that. I loved watching this movie. It's great. It's great. It's good. It's great. This great. Mason, hey. Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts. Um
1: it's so many thoughts actually. Like this was such a this is such a surprise to to watch just like it's kind of it, it's confidence in just like kind of the the storytelling and the story building and also how um uh, uh lived in this this world felt and how like uh part of this world these characters felt and also just like how weirdly universal and like kind of prescient and um but also like kind of sadly still like relevant this movie felt too um i think there's such like a a a fury and a um it's not like your typical like kind of i guess other gen Xy like kind of fuck the suburbs thing where you're uh you're almost rebelling against nothing like this is just such a um specific um target at like at, 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 like, hierarchy and, and authority, and all of that. And it's so heartbreaking at the end when it's like, it would be like, I don't know if I would like this movie as much if it didn't have, like, the kind of downer ending that it did. Um, because it's like, um, you know, Noah pointed out, um, the, uh, 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 like, just these kids, like, are just like so angry and like they have to express this anger and they get so extreme with it but they're also like kids and there's that moment where um mark's dad hugs him at the end which is like the most physically yeah. affectionate that he's ever been in that uh to his son like in that movie that just really does break your heart that it's like it took like this this violent sort of this, this sort of violence in the sort of like societal upheaval almost to get people to realize that you are supposed to just love and cherish your kids and just leave the world better for them, you know? Um And it, it's, I, I really, really adored this. I, I think that this, this is absolutely a movie that should be on more people's radar. I was just curious to see like what other movies Came out this year, so I was looking at the Oscars, like what one Best oh, Picture. This is a this is a great year. This for is movies, a great actually, fucking. This year is an amazing year for movies. Um, and I just love like this kind of era in like American culture, like this kind of this 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 Carter era where America kind of felt like on like this kind of like it's past, like you know the bicentennial. The bicentennial, like, kind of came with a whimper because you know uh, Nixon had just uh you know we just had the, the most crooked president uh of all time richard nixon my boy and uh uh the, it felt like society american society was kind of like due for a collapse and you get like the reaction to that which is ronald reagan getting uh nominated for and winning the presidency in in 1980 and you kind of forget like it was kind of like American culture at this time was this like kind of apocalyptic and and dark and kind of gritty place and a lot of people were confused and and scared and not a lot of movies from that time like focus on kids and what it was like for the kids to grow up during during that era um you know and just just living as a as a kid in that time I guess and I don't know, man. I, I, I love this movie so much. It was such a, a pleasure and such a treat to watch, and I I just I feel so enthusiastic about this. I, I can't, I, I just think, not to get too ahead of the whole thing that we do here, but man, like, this is something that I think everybody should run, not walk to see. Austin, do you have any final thoughts about this movie here before we get into the, the wrap-up portion?
3: Yeah, um... Not to get, like, too repetitive of things that were already said, but um, I feel like a big part of this movie is how um, these sort of, like, artificial planned s- communities under capitalism don't do what is, like, right for the community. They do, like, what is profitable. And yeah. what's profitable is to, like, sure. build commercial real estate to like if you have public utilities at all make them like as cheaply as possible whoever will do it for like fucking shit and they're just terrible and so there's one rec center and there's one playground and that's like fucking it um and like the the common theme between the two things that we're on today is just like alienation and like the alienation of like young people like that and like you know jernaskis is about like alienation and like the internet age and like this is just about like alienation in like these fucking like shithole suburbs that are like not made for anyone to actually live in They're in. they're made for you to commute from like to your job or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, I just think that's a really like, it's like one of the clearest films with that message that doesn't get into like the like just bullshit. Like, Oh, the thing that sucks about the suburbs is like, everything looks exactly the same and everyone's a normie. And like, it's, you know, it's like, the fact that there's like not actually a community there. It's just people mm-hmm. living side by side and not being in a community with one another.
0: And then you have to blow up the school
3: because
0: Amen. you're Schools too pissed off. School's
3: out for summer.
0: School's blown up by children. Yes. By now. <laughs> um Here's some 1979 movies for your stupid asses. Here we go. Some of them, not all. Apocalypse Now. Stalker, The Jerk, Real Life, which we co- which Mason covered on this show. Mm-hmm. I was on my trip, and I don't like that movie very much. Uh, <laughs> sorry. The Muppet Movie, Woody That's Allen's true. Manhattan, <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer, Justice for All, All That Jazz, Alien.
1: Great year for movies. Great year wow. for movies.
0: Speaking That's of great, and the Over end. the Edge, to boot. <laughs> over the Edge was originally completed in 1979- And the movie was first shown in late 1979, but was not released in the U.S. until two years later. At the time, the studio thought the movie was too controversial and feared it would spark attacks after several violent incidents had occurred at various showings during screenings of 1979 gang movies, such as The Warriors, The Wanderers, and Boulevard Nights. Yeah. In late 1981, it was shown at, quote, "...film at Joseph Papp's Public Theater as part of a program called Word of Mouth devoted to films that had been overlooked because of poor marketing or distribution." This screening led it to be listed on critical top 10 lists and was favorably, re- favorably reviewed by Vincent Canby of the New York Times. The film then re-emerged in the 80s with showings on cable, including HBO and VHS. In 1989, it had a video cassette release. Dear Richard Lichard Lanklater said it influenced the film Days and Confused. Gee, I wonder fucking why. <laughs> uh, Over the Edge partly inspired the music videos for Smells Like Teen Spirit and Evil Eye by Fu Manchu. Kurt Cobain said that Over the Edge pretty much defined my whole personality. It was really cool. Total anarchy. So, that's cool, right? That's cool? That's cool, right? That's very cool. That's cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, right? Uh, The film was inspired by events described in 1973 San Francisco Examiner article entitled, Mouse Packs Kids on a Crime Spree by Bruce Kuhn and James A. Finefrock, which is such a silly last name, uh, which reported on young kids vandalizing property in Foster City, California. The middle class planned community had an unusually high level of juvenile crime. Screenwriters Charles S. Haas and Tim Hunter began work shortly after the article's publication, including field research in the town itself, where they even interviewed some kids. Hunter said that the script accurately reflected the article, with the exception of a more violent ending. Director Jonathan Kaplan wanted to use "Baba O'Reilly" by the Who Yo. as the ending credit song. I'm really glad they didn't do that. That would have felt too. schmaltzy and cheesy
1: as fuck. That's a great yeah. song, but especially I, I agree like
2: with you. that song has become a yeah. standard like for for these sorts of movies. Now it would have been lame. I agree,
0: Marin. But I also agree, Mason, that that song is fucking incredible. I actually used that yes. song in my sophomore year film, which is about a guy trying to take a piss and someone's annoying him. That's not a joke. I actually did that. Uh, but ultimately, he couldn't use the song due to licensing rights. It is the debut act film of actor Matt Dillon. He didn't actually want to be or expect to be cast in the movie. He went to the audition. Just so he could skip school. Classic. Classic. Uh, Orion Pictures helped finance the film. Producer George Lido borrowed an additional $1 million. Jonathan Kaplan, who was 30 when hired, took a documentary approach to filmmaking using unknown actors. Shooting took place over 20 days in 1978 in Aurora and Greeley, Colorado. In 2021, Yard Barker magazine named Over the Hedge the signature film of Denver, Colorado. That's an interesting thing to say. I don't know a lot of movies. I couldn't name a lot of movies that actually take place in Denver. So maybe that's good, maybe that's not. I don't know. That's kind of weird to me. It feels like it's kinda
1: this or things to do in Denver when you're dead.
0: Yeah, so either way, you're dead. Yeah. Uh Director Jonathan Kaplan was excited to work with George Little because before going into producing, Little had been an agent who represented many blacklisted directors and writers. This was particularly meaningful to Kaplan as both of his parents were victims of the blacklist. No shit. His father, wow. yeah, that's crazy. And wow. his father's soul served as composer... For Over the Edge. Very cool. Family Affair. When your girl's stepping out for a public affair. I'm going to do Mercedes Valuable Player first this time. God fucking damn it. Uh, And I'm going to give a co-Mercedes Valuable Player. God fucking damn it. Okay? (laughs) Go ahead. All right? Go ahead. Give me a fucking break, guys. Come on now. Come on now. Mason, don't make me give you little kisses again. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to give... My co-Mercedes Valuable Players, first we'll go to Jonathan Kaplan. I think it's a extremely well-made film, and I think in the hands of a lesser filmmaker would be very boring, I think. I think this movie has the potential to feel silly and not very engaging, but because of his craft and because of his ability to have all the pieces come together, I'm going to give first of my co-Mercedes Valuable players to him. And the second co-Mercedes Valuable player is going to go to the shooting location of Aurora, Colorado. Because that place looks fucked up. And that is what literally puts this movie over the edge for me, like I said earlier. It is just so fucked up. And it looks so bad to be there. I sound like Tim Robinson right now. It looks so bad to be there. Um, So those are my Mercedes Valuable players. This gets a full recommend from me. I love this movie. Marin, I love this movie.
2: <laughs> That's I know. me saying that again. I'm yeah. I'm so happy. Even though you weren't here for uh for Carrie 2 and the pussy album, we would have had a fun chat on that episode.
0: We, yeah, we would have had a fun chat. I would have just calling it kept calling it the pussy album. She released yeah. a new single, actually. She I did. saw it pop up on my Spotify. Did yeah. you see that?
2: I did not see that. I found one of her books at a bookstore, though. Did you know she writes?
0: Yo! Jenny nope. That's cool. Didn't know that.
2: Let's start Maybe a it's a pussy club. book. Uh,
0: Anyways. Mason. Hey. <laughs> what do you got? Who's your Mercedes valuable player? Do you recommend this fucking movie? I'm
1: going to give my Mercedes valuable player to Michael Eric Kramer as Carl. Great central performance here. Um, Really makes you feel like his journey from just like kind of... um. I don't want to say acceptance of the situation, but his sort of journey of, um, like seeing the place that he lives in for, for what it is and coming to term, like coming of age as it is, is the, I think like the, the sort of the base of this movie that, um, really, uh, uh, Keeps, keeps it focused and keeps it going in in the right direction and I think his performance is is really 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 particularly strong in this this is also an easy full recommendo from me like I said walk don't run to watch this as as, as soon as you can um 95 minutes can't go wrong just really a tremendous uh in, impression and um great little little movie here Marin what's your Mercedes valuable player? How do you recommend this movie?
2: You know, that's hard, because, I mean, I really love, like, all the elements of this film. I love the actors. I love the direction. I love, like, the production design. Love the music. But um, what I'm going to go to is I love the whole rampage at the end, but I specifically really like the scene where when the kids go on the rampage and destroy the junior high school, the parents are having a PTA meeting on the inside, so that's a big element of it. The parents are locked inside, they cut the power, the parents are in the dark and terrified, and there's a scene where one of the kids is walking through the hallways and breaking a bunch of shit, and they see the, um, the woman, really the only adult ally to these kids, the woman who works at the oh, rec yeah, yeah. center. Mm-hmm waiting and she kind of calls him over and she's like hey can I have that phone and he's kind of slowly like yeah and it's sort of just the scene that I think it's really well active and I think it just really like touches upon like the crux of the film where like the kids it gets to the point where it's like they have the rampage and like it feels good in the moment and it maybe like feels cathartic but like you see a lot of like the main kids like the core kids that we've been following feeling pretty ambiguous like the uh the love interest of carl she ends up leaving she's like i don't know what we're doing anymore he's en- looking for her but just the scene where it's like you know he could have easily ignored her and like not given her the phone but it's just this really nice scene where um he does because he knows something's like amiss like they're not really sure about what they're doing and if they've gone too far at that point point. and i don't think if any other adult asked for the phone they would have given it to them so i think it just oh, really yeah. speaks to like how she treats children like they matter and that like they deserve that places to go to like be with their friends and express themselves like I just think she's a really good example of how like adults should treat children so I really love that scene that's my Mercedes valuable player and of course I highly recommend this film I recommend this to like pretty much anybody you know like young old even if you don't think you would like like this sort of movie you're like I don't know if I want to watch a little like teeny bopper movie watch it anyways it's great (laughs) it's a good movie the
0: that that scene that you're referring to not to get you know too you know overdramatic but it sort of is that moment of like oh there is again it's a hyperbolic but not really a better world is possible <laughs> you know like we don't have to be doing this shit that we're doing right now we don't have to get to this point where we are destroying school and the cars in the parking lot and possibly killing people you know we can we can things can exist differently we just have to make Small changes that build up to big changes. So, yep, Austin. Where's Austin? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Okay, good, 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 good. (laughs) Yeah, Austin's of being being sneaky because he doesn't want me to give him a kiss, but I'm going to. Uh, Austin, who, what, or which is your Mercedes valuable player, and do you recommend Over the Edge, 1979?
3: Yeah, I've got I've got a quick toe uh, MVP here. Uh, So the the kid the kid who uh who just plays like the fucked up character does an immense job there's a scene where they're in class and he says that he thought he took upwards but it turns out it's acid and that day they're learning about Hieronymus Bosch and so he's just like staring at these pictures of Bosch <laughs> incredible great scene love that kid I just think he does a really fun job and and yeah it's great uh, I it remind me of some people I went to high school with um and then uh the other one, um, you you were talking earlier about the main uh, kid's performance and like his whole like thing at the end with just like the looks he gives and just the whole like what are we doing sort of thing. He has a smaller version of that moment earlier on in the film during the teen party where he goes downstairs and he sees his love interest uh, right. uh, kissing mm-hmm. kissing the person who's also like antagonizing him, and he just has this moment where his friends like talking to him and he's like leaving and he's like, hey, where are you going? What's going on? And he's like. Oh, there's nothing going on here. And just the way he like yeah. delivers that line, like like all of his friends are like, you know, they one uh, one has a girl with him and the other like has like a joint or whatever, and they're just like like kinda like what are you talking about? But just like you totally get what he means by the way he delivers it and it's a very great moment in the film. Love it. Full
0: recommend. And, yes, Chef. Yes. And that sound means that we're done talking about the movie. Woo. It's like, it's the same sound as earlier. Uh, but Maren, Austin, thank you so much for joining us for another silly edition of It's On The List with Noah and Mason. Thank you, folks, for being here. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday afternoon with us. This is the part of the show where you get to plug anything you want to plug. Austin, this is your first time here. We're gonna let you plug shit first. Plug away, King, if you want to.
3: Oh boy, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh W h o a, um, is how that <laughs> Uh Watch Marin Moreno. Well, tell Marin Moreno what uh, film festival she should submit her new short to. That's right. Watch Revenge okay. Angels by Marin Moreno on YouTube. Um, and I helped edit a script for my friend's podcast podcast, working class intelligentsia. It's going to be an episode on general strikes. Um, so listen to that podcast.
0: Hell yeah. Sweet. Yes. Thank you, chef. Marin. plug away. Okay.
2: Okay. Plug away. So as I like mentioned, like what we mentioned super briefly, I just had a short film screen for the first time. Um, front of an audience a new my new project and so i'm gonna yeah it was great it was great people were squirming and laughing and someone said oh my god it was so great to be with people let's
1: go that's what you want to hear
2: because because you you guys have seen my work you know it's a it's a little bit polarizing
1: it's so good though it's so good though (laughs)
2: I've had people walk out of, of many screenings of Revenge Angels, like, indignantly. That's okay. Like, you know? That's fine.
1: That's the them problem, anyways, not a you problem.
2: Anyways, anyways, so it was such a treat to, to be with my people. And so I'm, I'm going to do a little bit more in-person events with it. But if you want to follow the project, go to Protection Spell period, short film on Instagram. That's where I'm going to be posting updates. Maybe it'll come to a city near you. And then if it doesn't, I'm going to be throwing it online. So Hell yeah. watch it with your friends. Talk about it. Log it on Letterboxd. Post on social media. But if you love my film, I don't know. I can do it. That's what I got to plug. Um, and then watch my old short film, Revenge Angels. That one's cool, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Swag. Swag out the ass. Excuse my charisma. Vodka with the Spritza. You can email us at everybodywants2. The number two. Get on the list at gmail.com. If your email doesn't suck, we will read it on the air. That is a promise. If we remember. <laughs> Sorry, Austin, for Sorry, not Austin. reading <laughs> your email for five oh my God. months. Austin, you I, for you guys.
3: Well, I was going to. I was kind of wondering if you ever read it because I uh, was listening heavily during that period of time and then I got a job soon after and so I wasn't listening to every episode anymore. So I like tried skimming a few episodes to see if it was in there but then I gave up after that. So no worries. I
0: think it's at the end of... One of our episodes. Do you remember off the top of your head? So we answered
1: the Shrek question with Ryan Kenny, and whatever episode was right before that, we answered the first part of that question.
0: Yeah. So, end of episode 82, we answer part one of the question. Episode 83, at the beginning, we answer part two of that
1: question. Oh,
3: I'll be downloading.
0: You will. Yes, you will, Chef. That is correct. That's what we love to hear. You can also follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at It's On The List Pod on Twitter and at it's on underscore the list on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well, and on Letterboxd. You know all about that. Those links are in the link tree below. You can listen to my other podcast, my favorite podcast, the podcast about people's favorite things. We are halfway through November at this point. And coming up this week on November. you mean you're going to get another sip of Noah and Mason oh, content this yes. week? Are you fucking kidding A little me? little sip. This week... A little sip a big sip actually uh, we will be talking about podcasts <laughs> as, <gasps> as that might sound on the surface it's happening it's real uh, you can listen to that uh, wherever you get your podcasts again my favorite podcast we'll probably post on the it's on the socials about that as well you can also follow my wordpress I don't really ever plug that mm. but you can because it's I post stuff there intermittently so I've got some writing no, writing really well.
2: good I
0: oh, thanks. I'm
2: vouching for it. I love your writing, Noah. It's always a treat to just hear hear an account. Your uh, if, is your Frank Ocean sort of write up on your WordPress? Because I like that a lot.
0: I believe it is. Yes, that is in the that was actually the uh, beta version of No November last year, where I wrote a blurb about something that I love for every day of November, and I called that No November. So. If you want to look back on what last year's Noah Fennifer looked like, all little 30 write-ups are on there. I think the Frank Ocean one is like the first part of Noah from last year. But I appreciate that, Maren. They're Thank good. You. Read them. You
2: Read can... them, audience. <laughs> I Thank
0: you. you. <laughs> so Maren's going to command you. I'm going to just She's going to put a, per- a protection
1: them. spell on Noah's writing here. Or an attraction spell? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll protect him That's from the haters. That's the protection haters. spell
2: fuck the haters because oh, it's a send it's the haters my way that's they that make me stronger uh, and I appreciate okay that. yes but anyways
0: thank you very much thank you thank you thank you Mason hey take us home
1: uh folks you can find me on the barn a podcast about the shield uh completely wrapped up with that follow the show follow both shows the shield and my podcast follow me on letterboxd and instagram and twitter the last two, I am at Hot Dog Debicki, Hot Dog the Food Debicki letter letterboxed under my name. Uh, I also have a little merch, a little teespring up where you can buy shirts, stickers uh, that spread the manifesto. All beer should be one dollar. Uh, I was back home, I was hanging out with my grandma and I was letting her know that that is the new manifesto and she liked it because she is an old woman and remembers when, yes, all beer was $1. (laughs) So let's make my grandma happy, let's make all beer $1 again. Uh, I also have a Vimeo. I don't really plug it but I put little things up there when I get stuff done um, on my own little uh, goddamn schedule and uh, yeah, hope I'm Trying to get stuff in film fest as well. Trying to get things in front of an audience because that is cool. I like doing that. Uh, I'm also, folks, as always, on the streets of Chicago, taking buses, taking trains, just keeping myself warm because it is getting berber chilly out here. Um, I think that about does it for me, though. So we will end. Hold What's on, up?
0: before before you say the magic words before you end the yes. show. Has anyone actually fucking come up to you because you plug that show? No, of course not. The show great keep going
1: so folks as we say at the end of the show every week tell someone you love them this week do something you love this week and we will see you all next week thank you thank you
0: peace
3: I just see it now Staring at me red teeth, to bounce Rabbish deep to devour flesh I kill the first, I implode
2: a